Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. Morena, welcome into Christmas Eve on SCNZ, three minutes past 6am on the 24th of December. Don't you remember growing up as a kid and uh, counting those days down? When you see 24, you can barely contain yourself. One sleep, children. Oh, how good. Christmas tomorrow, sun is out, the weather's good. It looks like the only place I heard yesterday that was going to get rain tomorrow was Gisborne. That makes perfect sense. Uh, Weather looks good. I hope you're all in good spirits and ready to crack into another Christmas with the whanau. Plenty to get through before then, though. Louis Herman Watt here with Tony Kemp in studio. Stephen McIver up after us at 10am. Beave and Ricardo. Christmas, then Boxing Day cricket. The Ashes returns. We've got racing, Wingatui, Awapuni, Allersley, plenty going on. And this morning, well, as I say, there's sport to cover, so we will be covering it with a little bit of a very summery flavour. Will Tiller, well, he actually uh, he won the Sydney to Hobart a couple of years ago. Now, the Sydney to Hobart famously gets underway on Boxing Day as well. Will Tiller's going to join us and fill us in there. The Scan Man, Troy Scanlon, uh, pacing for purpose tip went no good yesterday, but... Troy Scanlon has been uh, far too generous with his time and effort throughout the year. We're going to catch up with him because he's a big supporter of the harness racing scene down on the west coast of New Zealand, and he's going to let us know what's going on over the Christmas months there. Heinrich Milan, the Auckland Aces coach, he will join us. Man, that super smash. Gee, that was an incredible finish last night. Trent Bolt hitting a six off the last over. Leith Innes, a jockey. Michael Walker, a jockey. Two blokes that know each other very well. There's a big racing flavour today, a bit of sailing, a bit of cricket. It's very, very summery. In studio here, I've got Tony Kemp with me. Morena Kempi. All right, to Monahu Koto. Uh, happy to be back, mate. My last day. 
uh, before Christmas. Yeah, you're right. It's exciting. One, 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 one more sleep. One more sleep. <laughs> yeah, you love it, don't you? Oh, yeah, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I really, really love it. It's um, it's a good time of the year for the kids. Then that's about it. It's really about the kids, isn't it? That's what I think you've, you grow to realise. I don't have kids, but I can tell I've lost interest in Christmas probably a decade ago. And now, and for a while, there was a period of cynicism where I thought it was just ridiculous, but I've almost come out of that the other side now, and I'm going, oh, no, it's actually good for the kids. Yeah. And you must have thought you had a, a decent Christmas present coming yesterday no. about 5.30, heading your way after the tip, the first tip come in, and didn't just come in, it bolted in, <sighs> wasn't it? And then we all thought, Felicien. well, if, that was the, if we, we all thought, if that was the form, geez, I think Louis is a genius here. We're doing cartwheels, cartwheels right now in the studio. But Johnny Bell will be listening, so I'll, I'll, I won't be too mean about hot salsa. But didn't look like he wanted to be there yesterday. Hot salsa. He came. The, the form. The, the race was obviously a good form race because Felicianne broke the maiden. And to be fair, in that company, Felicianne, I think I got it about two dollars seventy. Had a little bit of a drift throughout the day. Incredible price for a, a horse that was far too good for that field. But you think hot salsa could come out and run a drum? Good barrier. Good jockey. Just didn't want to be there yesterday. Did everything did everything else except run, had a look around, liked the scenery, got mm. got got to the home home bend and put his head up and had another look and I thought that was it. As soon as he'd done that, I thought he wasn't there to race. So I don't know what Johnny Bell's thinking today, but um he ain't no Julius on that form. <laughs> no, he's not. He will have some work to do there with hot salsa. Um, oh, well, that's the great game. You know, you do the form, you do the work, and you get so close, and then you get absolutely Pick yourself sprung. up, mate. Dust yourself off. Oh, we'll again. be back. Don't worry. I'm resilient. You know, one thing that being a punter and prolific one, not a good one, prolific one at that, it teaches you resilience, Kimpy. It does. It does. And, um, yeah, geez, my first bet, mate, I, I, don't, know, I don't know if I've ever told you the story, mate, but my first bet, I was... <laughs> I was actually uh, I'd left school and I'd um, started work down the freezing works and I'd been I was sitting in the sitting in the house with Alan and he reckons this horse won so me and Bruce were sitting there we were sixteen at the time and we put a thousand bucks on it very first bet we, we you know we said oh what year is this what give us oh, a, mate, a well, time I was, frame I was sixteen so it was early eighties a thousand dollars yeah man where did you so get a thousand dollars well I'd never had it <laughs> I'd never had it but Alan had it. And uh, he put it on for us, and um, he thought he cured me that day. But uh, it was a it was a very very sad introduction to ha- uh, how not to bet. That's so irresponsible. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it, I tell you what, we've had we've dined out on that story for so many years. How long um, did it take you to pay it off? Oh, it took me weeks. It took me weeks to pay it off. He got every cent back. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a. I guess the like you're saying, you pick yourself up, dust yourself off, go around again. Um, you know, this that's But the, lessons learned, I imagine your units were smaller after that. Oh oh hell yeah. Those days those days are way gone. Those days are way gone. But it's um yeah, it's a funny game when you're when you're when you're brought up in the in the industry and you you see something that you think you like and you win and especially all the bully you get too from from some of these oh. so called really good <laughs> Pundits, <laughs> I'm going to back that, and uh, yeah, the thing the thing runs last. You so, know, so sometimes it's the hardest thing doing this job because you, the, all these wonderful industry people, they've all got an opinion, 
by the end of the day, there's only 10 races on the card, and there can only be 10 winners, but there's a lot more horses, and they all think that they've got a good shot. Well, it's like hot salsa yesterday. There's, there's so much like athletes, you know what I mean? He's, mm. he's, I was sitting there thinking, you know, he's got to hang around, he's got to hang around all day to half past five, quarter to six before he runs, and um, you know, it's been a long day. Been a long day standing around waiting to run. I hope he's in good fitter when he gets out there. Like, like you know, some players, when they get to a game, especially if you're hanging around all day, get to a night game, for instance, some players just take a little bit longer to get back get back into it. So oh, horses are so much like athletes, mate. Everything has to be ticked. The boxes all have to be ticked. And unfortunately for um, the punt yesterday with Hot Salsa, he, ju- he, jumped out of the, he jumped out of the gates poorly and then just had a look around. He, he sort of wasn't really focused on it. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, unless it's winks, mate, there's never a sure thing. No, well, that's never a true word spoken. Um, Wairo Cove for both Boston and Jamie Richards was another winner. Five-length winner in race four, which is extremely impressive. So they had, they had a really, really nice day there. Um, Felician. So good to see it breaking. It's made in, uh, made in $2.70 on the tote. I can't believe that. $2.70 on the tote, and all we need is hot salsa. She's been backed off the map into $4.70 to run a drum. The great game. Anyway, you're not here to hear our, our lame punting stories. Michael Walker's <laughs> on the show this morning. You know Michael from a, a wee way back. Um, he's a great New Zealander doing good things. He's had a nasty fall. What, would that be a year ago now? Maybe not quite. Well, mate, he's had a few nasty falls. You know, this this ain't the this ain't the one. He's at the moment he's getting his knees done. He's had his hips done. You know, he fell down that cliff when he was pig hunting uh, a number of years back. Um, and he's had a couple of falls from Gracie over the over the years too. But he just keeps getting up and dusting himself off. Talk about a kid that gets up and dusts himself off. Um, yeah, and just been talking on this year. He's he's launched his his new clothing brand. Um, he said. Jeez, oh, he's got he's got more kids than my uncle Stu, to be honest. Um, but he's just had another baby, you know. He's uh, and doing some commentary now on on Channel Seven over in over in Aussie um, as a pun as a as a pundit, you know. Which is you know, I've asked him for a couple of couple of tips, which he's as, he's as good as John Bell, to be brutally honest. Um, <laughs> Oh, easy on John Bell. He, he, Palm Springs did win, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's um he's a good kid, mate. He, like the story, the the Mickey Walker story is a uh, he can write a book one day, you know. Um, he wrote a book about going up to Alan Sharks and saying that he wanted to ride ride horses. Alan going down to the school and taking him out of school to you know give this young Māori boy a, a crack at it, and and Mickey Walker just snuckling down and. Winning those apprenticeships and and premierships and becoming one of the, I guess before um, the best in the world at the moment, the the best jockey that we've seen for a long time in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, he's coming on to talk to us a little bit about what what Mickey Walker's life's like. Uh, it's colourful. It's still colourful. Geez, he carries on like a pork chop sometimes. But um, yeah, I've I've had a I've had a lot to do with Mickey um, through the good through the bad. And at the at the moment, he's he seems to be going all right. He's got his head on. He's fighting back uh, through this injury, this this current injury, getting on a bit. That's what I want to talk to him about. Thirty-seven. Like? Yeah, that's that's what I really want to talk to him about. Is um, what's growing up been like for him? That'll be interesting to see. Each time you have these nasty injuries, uh, it is harder to rehab. Of course, it was in Group One form before he got hurt, though. So. 
at least he knows he was in touch, and it's not like his career was waning. It was an unfortunate time that injury came along. So be great to catch up with Michael Walker, Will Tiller, the Sydney to Hobart. It's not something I know a hell of a lot about, to be honest, but I know it's a time-honoured race, and people fizz up for it, Kempe. They love it over there. Yeah, it's – well, I, I think they love it here too. I, I think we, we underplay how much um, the boating fraternity over here um, – I, I guess support that the the races, you know, the America's Cup, the the, yeah. the big races around. So there's a, you know, we've got a pretty we've got a pretty good scenic um, harbour just down here in the in the Waitamata. Uh, it's full of it's full of dollars. You know what I mean? You have a look down there and all the the big boats that have come down th- um, through Europe for their for their maintenance. You know, so they say, and the way that the America's Cup was last year. And then I went out. I went out last year with a mate. We went to Barrier on his boat. I think we went through the that it was it was at Christmas time too. They have that big Christmas race. There's some boats that get out there on the water. It's like dodging cars, mate. It's unbelievable how many people in New Zealand follow it. You know, you're not wrong. It's kind of one of those things where you go, where who are all these people? Where, where? but they are they're there. The sailing fraternity is huge, and I think it's important to remember it's not just about the America's Cup. There are the skiff sailing, the laser sailing, the junior stuff, all of the different races. They have races from up in the Bay of Islands around to uh, Auckland, different different races. And the Sydney to Hobart is a time-honoured one, one that lots of New Zealanders have uh, sailed in and won previously. Will Tiller won it a couple of years ago on a live. He was meant to be sailing this year, but has a bit of a bung shoulder. He's on the rehab program himself. So we'll catch up with him after 7 o'clock. And uh, lethal, lethalness as well. No, it should be a good day today, Kempi. You know what Christmas Eve is? Christmas Eve is a lear up. Let's be honest. Christmas Eve is a good old fashioned session. It is for you, young blokes. Surely, for you, don't have a few Baileys, a couple of Coronas, and oh, a mate, couple I'm of not, Baileys. Now <laughs> yeah, you're getting cheeky, mate. I'm not that old. All right, I'll have a few beers. Um, I might have a. <laughs> I might have a Bailey's if, if the if the parents pull it out, but um, yeah. Oh, look, I remember I remember Christmas Eve being you know that time where you went and caught up with all your mates, so you had you had a bit of a that's it. You had a bit of a um, hearty party at, at one of their places, or you met at a pub, and so so many hangovers on Christmas Day. Some some people don't even make it through Christmas Day, mate. No. Do you know what? Christmas Day is really just the vessel for a hangover. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's like, um, you know, obviously it's six in the morning, so drink responsibly or not. <laughs> let's, let's just be a, bit, a little bit aware of what the time and place is. But um, at the same time, Christmas Eve, we can't pretend like around the country there will be old mates catching up, as you say, in pubs in rural towns. You know, you, you, you go to the big smoke for your careers and you come home, you bring your family home or you turn up home and you to see your family and you'll catch up at you know, like Rangi Order or strange places around New Zealand, and it's just a big old session. So I want to know, double eight, double three, or 0800, even better, give us a call on a Friday, 0800 150 811, the Kennards Hire phone line. What does Christmas Eve mean to you? Where are you going? Who are you seeing? It doesn't have to be a party. You might have a, a family tradition where one side of your family do your Christmas on Christmas Eve, you get around the table. Let us know what your Christmas Eve traditions are who you'll be socialising with, and if you are having a, a wee quiet tipple at the pub tonight, whereabouts, what part of New Zealand are you in, who can't you wait to see, we'll do a little bit of a shout-out. That's what I'd love to know uh, throughout the morning. Christmas Eve. I've great... got a, I've got, an, I've got I've got one for you too, Louis, this weekend. Like I spent the whole week looking for what I think is probably the best bit of the week, so I've got one for you straight on the nose. I know you, I know you lost a bit yesterday on that... Um... <laughs> 
on the on the salsa, but I think you can get it back, mate. So I'll give that to you a little bit later as well. Let's do that at Love Racing uh, NZ at about six thirty-five, Kempi. Right now, I just want to play you this. You know, we were previewing that game of cricket yesterday with Tim Seifert. Yeah. Well, the, the Aces play tonight. We're going to get well, this afternoon. We're going to catch up with Heinrich Milan, the coach. This is Tim Seifert's team. ND against, well, Northern Brave against Canterbury. And the last over, this is last over madness. We'll pick it up off the back of it. Last over begins. It's Ed Nuttall. Down the pitch. Is that a chance? Yes, it is. Boys, taking it too. It's the game that just keeps giving. Matt Henry on the boundary takes the catch. And Verma has gone. Oh, no. There's another. They're coming from everywhere. And it's taken, another one down, it's number eight. Chad Bowes takes the catch and Seifert can't believe it. Goes for it, has he got enough? No, he hasn't, he's out. As Sony looks on, he cannot believe it. Nuttall's got three in the over. Six required. Goes for it, Chad Bowes I cannot believe what I've just seen. Treadball. I am losing my mind. <laughs> Sumo for Sparks Sport there. Oh, Sparks Sport, well done for getting these highlights online ASAP this morning. It, pretty much on pace in the last over. They need about eight or nine, I think. And uh, they three wickets fall to Ed Nuttall. And he's thinking, how good is this? I've got Trent Bolt on strike with one ball. He needs to hit me for six. What could possibly go wrong? Bowls it straight in the slot. Trent Bolt opens his leg. Big slog to the leg side. And he's absolutely middled it. it. Nailed it. Good man. And I, oh, the commentary, unbelievable. <laughs> oh, I can't believe what I am seeing. It's <laughs> worth its weight in gold just listening to that. Yeah, it's gold from Sumo. Well done, Scotty. Uh, and well done to the Northern Brave, Trent Bolt. He's back playing some Super Smash. And he, he's, the what do they call him, the Flamingo. He's gangly and he likes to move around at the crease. He's a nightmare to bowl to at the bottom of the order. But surely just a, a wide wide block hole, put it in the hole, or maybe a slower bouncer, not in the slot, Ed. And he's just middled it. Well done, Trent. Uh, and well done to ND. On cricket, yesterday we were talking a lot of AJS Patel and yesterday, he fronted media. Not often that a player that's been dropped fronted media, but I think NZ Cricket maybe sensed that there was a bit of... Temperature was getting pretty hot on this one, so proactive media preparation. We're going to hear a bit of Ajaz Patel, Kempi, after this, and we'll get you to react to how he's feeling. It's 6.20 in the morning, 20 minutes past 6. Christmas Eve, who are you seeing tonight? Where are you going to be? I'd love to know your plans. 24th of December, back after this, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Uh, welcome to it. 25 minutes past 6 o'clock on this morning, uh, Christmas Eve morning. SENZ, we're here right throughout the day. Stay with us. Plenty of sport to cover. And Kempi, one thing, and, and look, you've been called many things in your life and so have I, but Ooh. one thing we we can't be called is, <laughs> is off the pace, off the pulse. Yesterday morning, Ajaz Patel left out of the squad. You picked it straight away. This, this isn't going to go down overly well with a lot of people. We had some pretty robust discussion about it. Old uh, Stephen came through and told me that I was saying that he should play for marketing reasons and I had to tell him to turn his taringas on. But other than that, Ajaz Patel himself spoke. So let's hear from him because this probably is the matter and the voice that actually matters the most in this situation. Yeah, look, obviously, obviously disappointed. Um, ideally, you'd love to be 
in any test squad. I, I guess as a professional player, you want to be included in all games. And uh, my aspirations are to play as much cricket for New Zealand as possible. So naturally, it's it's a bit disappointing. Um, I guess that it's out of my control, really. And the only thing I can do now is kind of, you know, go back to our home summer and uh, get stuck in with the stags. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say too surprised, if I'm honest with you. Um, I, I think to a certain degree, um, we all know and I, I guess expect, you know, what those conditions are going to be in New Zealand. But at the same time, I was kind of, you know, hopeful, I guess, that, uh, you know, there'd be an opportunity to play some test cricket at home. But um, at the same time, look, uh, we know what the conditions are going to be and, um, you know, how likely spinners uh going to play a factor in the games well we can't really say at the moment I guess uh, we'll have to wait and see depending on what the pitches are like and the conditions are like really. Gary mentioned that he hopes that you now go back to, to central and prove him wrong uh, how do you feel is the best way to do that and how determined are you to do that? Oh look I mean every time I guess that's kind of somewhat been what my career has been all about you know um Every time I face a setback or a disappointment, I guess the hunger grows and the fire in the belly gets uh, bigger. So for me, it's really about, you know, just going back and knuckling down and continuing to really improve my game um, and all facets of my game. I mean, uh, I guess the reality is they're looking for more batting uh, at home and, and that's one aspect that, you know, I've been working on recently and uh, will continue to do so. So hopefully there's a few opportunities to probably some good knocks with CD and, um, you know, I'll, 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 I'll make sure that that hunger's hangers there and uh, I, I guess there's a good relationship there with Gary as well you know um, we have some honest conversations sometimes they're not the most pleasing but at the same time you know uh, we can be upfront with each other and, and, and know where we stand so yeah for me it's really about just going back and, and really performing and making sure that I'm uh, you know putting my name up in headlights. Proving him Gary wrong and proving the black caps wrong is what a lot of his career has been about. What did I tell you yesterday, Kempe? The reason that he probably took the 10 for in the first place is because he wasn't given a contract. You need to let Ajaz Patel prove himself. Oh, articulate. There's a there's a great um, uh, interview from him. Ajaz, you know, like came out and really fronted the, uh, the media and, and the New Zealand public and, and I thought gave a pretty honest uh, account of himself and the way that he was feeling at the moment. For me, lots of passion, you know, and you really need that in, a, in your high-performing athletes. And I think, I think you know, for me, as a as a younger coach, I would have understood, you know, I've, you know, he's asked me to go out and prove him wrong. I think these days that you've got to take a little bit of a different approach to um, the athletes, uh other than the ones from the uh, from in the past, the, the the current athlete, instead of saying you got to prove me wrong, that's why I was saying like create a spot. Like you've got what you, you know. I'm trying to explain myself here. You've got this this kid that's really really good. He's taken ten wickets. You know what I mean? He's come. So he's he's like at the pinnacle of, of his emotional career. You know, I've gone out. I've taken ten wickets. I'm in a black in a black jersey. You know. This is what it's about. And then all of a sudden he gets his legs chopped out from underneath him. And you, you hear him talk and the coach has said to him, just go back and prove me wrong. Well, man, I've just proved you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that, and, and do you know what it says? It, it really says that unless there are ch- changes in our scenery and in our weather and climate and the way we carry out our pitches. And because he's not a kid, he's actually 32 or 33. Yeah. And, and again, like he's, he's saying, well, 
I can prove you wrong. I can continue to prove you wrong, but the conditions are always going to be the same and your mentality is going to always be the same and you're not going to pick a spinner in New Zealand. Yet I need to be in that environment. He said, this is the place that I want to be. I'll finally get in there and then you kick me back out to the paddock. You know, it's like... You've got to you've got to think you've got to think a little bit differently. You've got to be innovative. How how do you keep this guy in that environment so that he continues to grow? Well, that's you, the that's the question I've got. Good, and it's a great one because and that's what you were saying yesterday. Maybe create a spot because he needs to continue to grow. I'm talking about me being resilient on the punt. How resilient do you think AJS Patel is? I mean, this guy is an incredible athlete. The way that he's the adversity he's come through, getting dropped every time he comes home, to turn back up in Mumbai and take ten for, and he's been dropped again, and he's going to go back. And he, do you know what he'll do? Because he's the ultimate pro. He's a really, really good guy by all accounts. He'll go to CD. He'll put on a clinic. He'll probably have the best bowling figures <laughs> in the home summer. <laughs> he will prove Gary said wrong, yeah. but then he won't. But it doesn't matter because he won't be there. So I mean, who cares if it he proves you wrong? It, it doesn't matter because he's already done that. He's already done it. That's exactly right. He's, yeah. If his, I'm saying, if his name's Hadley, he's got a bronze statue outside CD, outside Pukekura Park. Mate, you know what I mean? It's just there's no point to prove you wrong if he's sense. already done it, and he's gonna do it, and he will continue to do it, but he's not gonna play. Yeah, and um, look, I, look, I, I um, scrolled through the news yesterday and saw the Patel story blowing up, and thinking, man, the next minute you've got New Zealand cricket, the coach talking about it, and then, then. AJ's come out and uh, you know they obviously pulled him up and said, "Mate, we've got to we've got to put a lid on this. Um, don't put a lid on it. Think think in, innovatively and and create a spot for this so it doesn't happen again." But you know what the gold here is though, Kimpy, is that the other there's a lot of other people who are very intelligent cricket people saying there's no way he could ever be picked. It's going to be a green seamer. This come on, have you watched cricket in New Zealand the last ten years? Of course he wasn't going to be picked. Yeah, but a, again, you're missing the point. It's like the guy saying it's a, it was a marketing. It's a, I'm listening to you guys talking about marketing. We're not talking about marketing. We're not talking about the grass. We're talking about the athlete. Yeah, yeah, that's Take right. Take the conversation. I have to go go back and prove me wrong, mate. I've just done that. Brilliant. Well, I've taken 10 wickets. <laughs> what do you want me to take, 11? Well, there's only 10 wickets. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. 27 and a half minutes out from 7 o'clock this morning. We're going to shoot off, get to the news with Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Here comes Trudy. We'll be back for some love racing.nz on the other side. David, it's Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it's Friday then, it's Christmas, isn't it? How good's that? A little bit of Christmas Eve. You leave this pumped up too tonight, won't you? Oh, mate, tonight's the session. Yeah. But in like a controlled environment, good happy times. We're just having a couple of quiets with good people on Christmas Eve, looking forward to Christmas. It's day for the kids, they'll be enjoying themselves. Christmas Eve, what's it like for you around the country? Double eight, double three. what's your Christmas Eve tradition? Where are you catching up with your old pals? What are you doing? Who's cooking the roast? What does it look like? Is it a barbecue and a couple of cold shandies? What does it look like? Let us know, or it might just be very quiet in bed nice and early because you got the kids getting up at... What time do kids get up on Christmas, Kimpy? Oh, mate, they don't go to sleep. They don't, you know, my kids were... Well, they're, they're, they're not kids anymore, but every year they just couldn't wait to get to their stocking. It's full of chocolate. Having, having chocolate for breakfast coming, it's coming out your back end as fast as it's going in your front end and, and just 
can't wait to get the presents open, mate. You know, it's unbelievable. So, yeah, those days are gone. I don't. I'm not breaking up. I'm not waking up as uh, at the crack of dawn anymore. So. But it's it's genuinely like five o'clock, isn't it? Oh, yeah, <laughs> at the latest. <laughs> it's Christmas is like a drug for children, isn't it? It is, man. It it is, and and so it should be too. You know, it's a good 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 chance for everyone to spoil them. You know. And I guess a good chance for Christmas too with COVID for all the shops to be making plenty of money. I, I can't believe at the moment how many people are still here in Auckland. Mm. You know, it's crazy out there at the moment. The, the retailers, will be, retailers will be happy as. Um, the rest of the country is just saying, Kempi, just stop banging on about it, mate. We don't want to give them the tip. Uh, yeah. Stay there. No, they'll, I even saying they'll head, out, they'll head out Boxing Day. Um, but I'm not too sure, mate. I'm not too sure if anyone's going to be heading out. Mm. Uh, I guess the other thing to point out around Christmas time, and uh, we've got our Christmas special tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun with Baz and Izzy. Um, we're not actually here working. <laughs> we, this is pre-recorded shock. Um, but you know, it's not, it's not necessarily the overly the most happy time for a lot of people. It's kind of puts a lot of pressure on families and the city mission do a great job. But for that reason, Kempi, um, kids absolutely love it. Some kids can't get it the same as others, and going to school. Yeah. And, and you're from a, a Real, real part of New Zealand, and Waitara, and where I'm from in, in North Canterbury, it wasn't always cherries and lollipops for a lot of kids. I've seen some some pretty sad scenes around Christmas, as I'm sure everybody has. So it's always worth keeping them in your thoughts. Yeah, one hundred percent, mate. It, it, you know, it isn't just all about waking up with Christmas trees and presents because there are a lot of kids around New Zealand that can't get that mm. um, that experience. So yeah, you do, you do. Um, you continue to be mindful that that happens, especially in, a, in the places, those little rural places like where I come from. Yeah. Um, but the be- one of the best things about Christmas, and you've and you've tapped on it already this morning, is when you go home, you go into your little shed or your big shed if you you know had enough money to build a bigger shed than the person next door, and everyone's in there that you haven't seen for ages. You know, and I'm not just talking about your mates; I'm talking about their parents, mm-hmm. their grandparents, their kids, and. You're talking and you know the stories that go on, and this is what happened back in those days, and so forth. And before you know, before you know it, you meant to you meant to visit ten sheds. You're still in the first shed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Christmas is a great time. People come home. It's great to catch up, and and for me, that's what Christmas is all about. It's about catching up with your mates. Yeah. Bang on, mate. Well said. Uh, we'll we'll continue to talk about Christmas Eve. What are your plans? Double eight, double three. Get through to us at some stage this morning. Love Racing is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Thoroughbred owners, you want to own a horse? Grab your mates that you're going to see in your back shed tonight and enter to win at loveracing.nz slash share the thrill. The winning team will walk away with a 10% share in a thoroughbred racehorse purchased at Karaka 2022. Training fees covered for two years. Travel to Auckland for a VIP experience at Vodafone Derby Day and Karaka Yearling Sales. We've just spoken about it at nauseam. Uh, Sunday, Boxing Day, I want to take... We know that Ellerslie's going ahead, and I'll just quickly check and see if there's been any market movers in the Group 1. There has. Pre-defer, again, taking money, $8 into 7 Royal Performers had a little bit of a wobble in the market. Other than that, it's all pretty solid. Aegon's taking a little bit of cash, five fifty into 5s, where Concert Hall has drifted, four fifty to 5s. It's interesting. Probably tells you a little bit, little bit about the draws. We'll talk to Leith Innes, who's riding Aegon later on. House of Car shares drifted out a little bit. So there's a couple that are taking money. Harlick is a really interesting runner. Barrier 13, but Michael McNabb is riding so well at the moment, he'll be able to do his best work for with a little bit of space. I mean, he obviously would have wanted to draw in. Pam Gerard and Michael Moroni have had Harlick 
really firing for a long time now. They just are desperately after a Group 1 to build his stallion reputation. So I'll be interested to see how Harlot goes. I just want to point you to Awapuni, Kimpi. So I just read an article in the New Zealand Herald today. Our colleague, Michael Guerin, who we will be back with on the mail run on Sunday, on Boxing Day from 9 to 11, he's compiled a bunch of best bets from the trainers around the country. And a prolific stable at this time of year is Tiako. Jamie Richards, we spoke to him on Monday. He's off to Hong Kong. But in the meantime, he's still head trainer at Tiako Racing. And they've got so many chances. So I thought that it was very interesting when asked what his best of the weekend was. He came up with a horse in race three at Awapuni called Mohawk Brave. From barrier eight with Palmer on claiming four. So the lightweight down to 53 and a half kilograms. You're getting $3.80, $1.70. I am pretty sure... This horse will start closer to 250 than 380. So if you want to have a bet now, bet early, go hard, go early. Mohawk Brave, race three in the New Zealand Herald today. You can see the reasoning. I'll let you go and read that. Click on their article, but uh, Michael Guerin's article, that is. And, um, yeah, there you go. A bit of bully. Lots of it around. <laughs> it's about, again, it's about you, you're hearing it from so many people about it what's going to win, what's going to come in, what's going to run well, so forth, so on and so on. And then all of a sudden you're going, well, which one do I, do, which one do I pick? Which one do I put in my multi? Do I put it in for a window or put it in for a place? But, you know. You can go seasick looking at it. Oh, you could. You could. So I reckon just, you know, keep it, I reckon keep your multis really, like, not too not too long, not too big. Don't, don't go, like, for 13, 13 place you're, getters. You're telling me that Izzy Dags, um, James McDonald to run a place in every race and at the Randwick card isn't going to work. No, it's not going to work. Save your money. Go get a two, get a two, three, four, four horse multi at the most, and pick up your five, six, seven dollars. Yeah, and go, then go buy a present and go stick it under one of those Christmas trees in a mall. Go do something good for your community. Seriously, it's not all about the punt around here, Kimpy. For my Xmas Eve, it's twenty second December. No, it's twenty fourth today. We're going to Super Smash Cricket, then a barbecue after Michael from Wellington. Well done, Michael. Enjoy it. What are you doing tonight, Christmas Eve? Back with Quizzy Dag. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Quizzy Dag, not far away. Give us a call and take on the Kemp Master. It's Quizzy Dag with Ashley and Martin. Regrow your hair. Search Ashley and Martin today. You know what time it is, it's Quizzy Dag. A quiz that keeps on giving like a skipper bass. Louie, Trudy, Kez and Joe not wants to brag. But good luck to our quizzies cause this ain't in the bag. Oh, 800 150 now, give it a go. Jacob just snaking me with the mic on when I'm looking away. Absolutely belting out a terrible rendition of Quizzy Dag. Hey, it's a Kiwis-themed quiz today for you, Kimpy. Yeah, we've left the best of the last of the week um, with the rugby league theme. And, uh, yeah, we've got some good ones here. There's a couple of toughies, but, um, yep, all you rugby league people out there on the on the line, uh, let's give it a crack, eh? So we've got Simon first up. Simon, how you going, mate? Good. Yep, good. Okay, here's a, this, this is an easy one. Who has the most caps for the Kiwis? Ooh. Um, You're a rugby man from the deep south. Oh, you got it. No, you got it. Well no, done. Lost, lost <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where was the World Cup held when the Kiwis won it in 2008? Uh, Suncorp, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that. And that's where Sorry. they won it. You're dead right. You're dead right. The Kiwis, this is the toughest one. The Kiwis' biggest winning margin is 74 points, um, which they achieved twice. One was against Tonga. Who was the other one against? Um, we'll have a stab at PNG. Oh, that was that was mine actually. That's that's who I thought. Okay. I, even, I even got that one wrong. Let's go to John. Sorry, mate. John, you there? Yeah, okay. Keep it how you, mate. I'm good, mate. The biggest winning margin, seventy-four points, um, once achieved against Tonga. Who was the second team that was achieved against? Um, I, I'm pretty sure is it Newa or Cook Islands or whatever it is. Well, there's two. Um, you've said two which things. Which one? Which one? Um, well, I've just, I'm, I can picture the jersey, but I just can't think what the team is. I'll, I'll go new way. <laughs> <laughs> unlucky, brother. Unlucky. Hey, let's go to Mark in Christchurch. Mark, 74 points, mate, against Tonga. Who was the other team that uh, the Kiwis beat by 74? You obviously weren't listening. Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, haven't got Some it. Off. Oh no, unlucky. <laughs> Let's go to where are we going. We're going to we're going to Chris here. Yeah, morning. Hey, Chris, how you going, mate? Kiwi's biggest winning margin, yeah, seventy four points. They beat Tonga. Who was ah, the other team? It's going to be the Cook Island. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was the toughest one. Um, what's the New Zealand women's team known as? Uh, uh, Kiwi, Kiwi Ferns. Great. You got that. And here's the money question, mate. Uh, I was actually at this game in 1983. Huma Garn set the record for the most tries scored by a Kiwi in a single test match against Papua New Guinea. How many did he score? Four. <laughs> I actually thought I, th- I actually thought everyone would know that question. Let's go to Brett and Huntley. He's a Huntley man. He knows us. He probably was at the game. Hey, <laughs> hey, Brett. How many? How many tries did Hugh McGowan score against Papua New Guinea in '83? But early, I was in a young fella. The Kimpy. I'll go for five, though. Ooh, oh. you were young, mate. You couldn't count. Oh, here he is. <laughs> the moment. Here we go, pistol. Pistol. <laughs> you're there, mate. Yeah, I'm ready to ready to tank. You're ready to tank this, have you? Go get that fifty dollar bet. How many tries did Huey McGann score? I'm hoping it's six. Yeah, brother. What a Christmas miracle that is. Mate, and I've got one for you too today and chuck the whole lot on it. Straight on the nose. Oh beauty. Well done, brother. Yeah, what do you got, Kimby? Mate, I it up. I've got I've got one for you. And I reckon, I reckon this is a dead set lay down bazaar. And I'd go to, I'm going to go to Randwick on Sunday, and I'm going to back one of Chris Waller's called the Niffler. It almost sounds like you're making it up. It, 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 it even sounds like a Christmas present, doesn't it? The Niffler. <laughs> <laughs> he's paying three dollars fifty, dollar fifty, mate. Yep, and he's just and he's just painting picket fences. That's what he's doing. He's just painting picket fences. The niffler. It's an e- it's an easy one for him. The niffler for the pistler. All right, thank you, pistol. Well done, mate. Congratulations. Cheers, boys. Great show. Here <laughs> you go, Pistol Pete. Not happy with your hair loss. He sounds like he might be battling. Make today your turning point. Search Ashley and Martin online today. Back after this with Trudy's World. It's Trudy's World. 
It's true as well. It's true as well. It's true as well. It's true as well. Well, Merry Christmas Eve, everyone. We have made it. Sending love out to each and every one of you. And I thought I'd give you a little factoid for Christmas Eve. You know what? In the Middle Ages, Christians celebrated Adam and Eve on Christmas Eve. That makes sense. Hey, I'd like to be in Italy on Christmas Eve because they celebrate Christmas Eve with the Feast of the Seven Fishes, which is a seven-course seafood meal. Ooh. like the idea of that one. The Germans call Christmas Eve Helligabend, which is holy evening. And that means you're able to hear animals talking. Righto. According to an old superstition, bread baked today, Christmas Eve, will never go mouldy. I can <laughs> not confirm that. Um, and to deliver gifts tonight on Christmas Eve to every child on earth, Santa will have to travel 221 billion miles, which means he spends about 0.0002 of a second at each house. But he manages to do it. What a star. Trudy, what's your Christmas meal? What's your Christmas Eve consisting of tonight? A couple of uh, shardies or what are you into? Yes, a couple of shardies actually, actually with a gorgeous friend Jackie and all round the, the whanau and also we're having lamb rack tonight and croissants in the morning at Christmas. Oh, that, see, that's about as clinical as you can get, Trudes. Lamb rack, couple <laughs> of shardies with Jackie. Shout out, Jackie. What are you doing around the country? Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. What's your Christmas Eve set up, your tradition looking like? You're back in town with your old mates. Where are you going for a Scooby or... You're just having a quiet one with the kids at home. Let us know. Up after this, it's Will Teller talking about, yeah, Sydney to Hobart sailing. Let's get into that. Right now, we're going to go pin down a McCafe coffee. Trudy's going to be back with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building Aotearoa. Welcome back into SCNZ Summer Breakfast. Tony Kemp joining me, Louis Herman Watt, in studio this morning for Christmas Eve. It's Friday then. It's Christmas. Happy Christmas Eve to you wherever you are around New Zealand. Love to hear from you about what your plans are this evening. Where do you and the boys or you and the whanau catch up? And what are your Christmas Eve traditions? I know that around the country and Rangiora, down there and just uh, north of Christchurch, the crew from Rangiora High School will be catching up and having a good session, catching up with old mates and getting around your community. That's what it's all about. So let us know what you're doing and uh, where you are around the country today. We've got a big hour coming up. We're going to try to pin down Will Tiller to talk about some Sydney to Hobart sailing. He has sailed. He has won the race before, so he will have a great uh, information base to let us know what's going on in that world. And that sphere is a massive race and it's a, a pretty cool event that happens on Boxing Day every single year. We're also going to catch up with Troy Scanlon because it's not just all about gallops when, it, when we talk about Boxing Day racing. The Westport Harness is an iconic meet and the, the harness community down on the west coast of New Zealand is strong, Kempi. So we'll talk to the scan man, Troy Scanlon, about that. Uh, we're also going to catch up with Lee Thinnis, to, thanks to our Waikato Stud Racing uh, preview. And then we've got Michael Walker, really racing heavy show today, but fair enough too. And Heinrich Milan, he's the coach of the good aces, the Auckland aces. The Super Smashers came to light last night. What an incredible finish. Trent Bolt hitting a six off the last over. Oh, sorry, off the last ball. Three wickets and a six in the last over. You can't script that stuff. Pretty incredible. And uh, Kempe, we got a text here from Big Stew. Yes, Stu's just talking about what he's doing over the Christmas period, going fishing on the upper wild, then going... 
to watch Mr. McLaren. That's who he likes at the Winton races, race number nine. Thanks, Stewie, for the tip. Big Stew, off to going fishing on the upper wire. That sounds absolutely delightful. All right, Kempi, we've been talking about it. The Sydney to Hobart yacht race is time-honoured. It's prestigious. It's arduous. Uh, it's had plenty of Kiwi input and flair throughout the years, including a, a very good man who's had a long a long journey in sailing, Will Tiller. He's been good enough to pick up the phone to us nice and early on Christmas Eve this morning. Good to have you on the show, Will. How you doing, mate? Hey, thanks for having me. Not too bad for uh, yeah, Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's right, Christmas Eve. Now you've been pulled in off the. Uh, this is this is how I do some of my best work. Usually I find guests at the pub, but Kempi, I hadn't. I didn't. Even, wasn't even in the same pub as Will. He's been pulled in off the bench via Chris Steele, a good mutual friend who's another pretty quality sailor. What sort of states Chris Steele in these days? Being back, he's been jet setting around the world. What what sort of conditions he running in, Will? Oh, he's definitely um, enjoying a few beers, that's for sure. He, he actually he was definitely dragged me in at the pub last night. So, uh, Yeah. Uh, so what the, what's the saying? Leopards never change their spots or whatever it is. It sounds about right. All right, well, we, we, the, reason yeah. he, the reason he nominated you for this, though, is because we wanted to know yeah. about the Sydney to Hobart, and he said, well, I've actually got a bloke that knows plenty about it. You had a good crack at this uh, race a couple of years ago and managed to knock it off with a boat called Alive, was it? Yeah, yeah, I was pretty lucky. It was my um, the first Hobart I did. Our boat almost sank, and so we had to finish. We'd pull out, and then um, the second one, yeah, we managed to win, which was pretty cool. So I had a pretty good strike rate there for a while, and then um, yeah, and then COVID hit, and haven't been back since. And and they reckon that you well, you finished fifth, but the size of your boat wasn't as yeah, I'm a little bit of a, a sailing note, know nothing here, yeah, yeah. Will. But yeah, the smaller yeah. boat finishing fifth against the bigger, like bigger handicap. yachts, and the handicap got you to to actually win the race. Take us through how that works. Yeah, it's pretty. It's a bit interesting stuff. Yachting gets a bit confusing, but you kind of have um, all your boats have this sort of handicap system that sort of yeah adjusts your overall time. So it, um, so then it kind of every boat has a chance of sort of winning overall if you like sail the boat well or the conditions suit your vessel. So it's sort of the, it's the way of like a person that has a 35 footer or a 40 footer can compete against the 100 footers, if you know what I mean. Yeah, makes sense. The the actual race itself. So you've only had had a handful of cracks at it, and you've had a pretty eventful yeah. a pretty eventful resume. But you, you've been involved yeah. with sailing your whole life, mate. Why is it such a prestigious event, and, and why is it so kind of respected and time honoured? Yeah, I can't say, but like. There's nothing, there's nothing quite like it. Like, I've done a fair bit of yachting around the world, but, like, the buzz on, like, Boxing Day um, in Sydney Harbour, just, like, motoring out, and, like, there's literally the whole harbour's covered. Like, Aussies just get behind it for, like, some, it's just such a tradition, and, like, the harbour's covered in spectator boats, and everyone out there's having a good old time, and then just, like, there's just something, it's just something iconic, and, like, just getting out of Sydney heads, and then... Um, bashing your way down the coast and then getting to Tassie is actually like I don't know it's, it's, you go past these pretty cool landmarks like called like um, the bagpipes and turn around Tassie Lights and past the Iron Pod and then like you make your way into Hobart and then you yeah then you rip into beers at Customs House it's just like <laughs> I don't know <laughs> seeing the true pretty much yeah. seeing the true Kiwi spirit uh, yeah it's just, I don't know it's, just, it's got something about it it's got that mystique and it's got mm. that like history of being such a tough race and um yeah it's just i think it's just got yeah it's just it's just historic eh? 
Yeah, Aussies, they, they hold it in uh, such prestigious company like the Melbourne Cup, the Australian Open, and even the cricket test on Boxing Day. So you can imagine what yeah. Sydney Harbour is when you when you take off there, Will. Just just tell us yeah. a little bit. I, I, I've read one of the rules there that you have, you have to finish the race with at least 50% of your crew. Have you had one of those days out there on that race where you're going, you're, you're headed out on a smaller yacht and the waves are crashing over and people are going over the side? How bad does it get? Um, oh, it can get pretty gnarly, eh? Like, I'm not sure that it's the time. I've done once with our boat, our rudder. We, the rudder broke off and we started basically taking on water and it was touch and go whether we had to get in life rafts or um, try and save the boat. Um, and that was pretty gnarly. But then, and then, like, other times, at you know, the middle of the night, like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning and it's fresh and you, like, wipe the boat out, you can, like, pretty easy for people to get... You know, like, like everyone's put on the life jacket, so it is pretty loose at, at, at dark, and like it would be, <laughs> it's it kind of like you're getting some pretty, some interesting moments that you kind of like definitely need to, um, yeah, settle the nerves after the race, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right, a bit of sailor's rum or something like that. What, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. What, what are the conditions typically like? Is it pretty gnarly terrain? Um, I was real lucky, like. Uh, it's just because the, the the way that it comes through up and down that coast, the system that can it's normally like either upwind or downwind, and the sea state can kind of get pretty gnarly because it's relatively shallow in places and it just builds up. But the ones I've, I've like for the last few years, it's been this glamour runs like downwind pretty much the whole way for the bigger boats, and it's been pretty cruisy. Like I think like relatively like it's been windy, but downwind's nice. But this year. It's looking like their first um, 24 hours might be upwind in pretty heavy conditions. So it could be like boat breaking for the first yeah, first day. And so it'll be interesting to see who gets through that. And then the rest of the race is looking a little bit lighter and fluky. So, yeah, quite a tactical race this year. And maybe um, the smaller boats might be better on, on the handicap system. Talking about tactics, have you had a phone call from a linear yet? <laughs> no, should <I> know. <laughs> Team New Zealand, stars and stripes. I know the Lingy's interviewing a lot of people. It's going to be interesting who lands on their team, that's for sure. Is the, just, we'll come back to the city to Hobart, but yeah, Kempi's got me yeah. going now. Is there a bit of bully around town about the America's Cup and what's going on? Pete and Blair, like there's, it's, it's all quite interesting at the moment. I know the people get a yeah. bit sick of the politics, but there is a lot of movement, lots of personnel change or potential personnel changes. Are the, is the sailing, you know, the scutterbutt, is it, is it a lot? Yeah, for sure. There's, um, there's lots of rumours going around, flying around, that's for sure. And it's, um... Do you want to start one? You want to throw something out? <laughs> <laughs> it's got, got a lingy in it, has it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like there's like some rumours that like, you know, a lingy might represent um, like a New Zealand yacht club or an Australian yacht club. I think it was like one of the rumours flying around so they, could, they wouldn't have to worry about nationality rules. And then there's like, yeah, maybe some of the top Kiwi players maybe going to those teams. And um, yeah. Hard to say, and like, yeah, I'm not, not too sure. You, just, you gave about. us plenty then. Nah, there's, there's, there is lots going on. He's given a, you think there's plenty, mate. You should hear these, these yacht clubs, mate. The gossip is incredible. Hey, Will, what, what, what's a, what's a good time? Like, I suppose it all is all weather dependent, but like, can you give us a, a rough, how, how long is the Sydney to Hobart? When you're getting out there, like, what are you preparing for? Um, for our boat, we're like, we're normally on like a, we the last two races have taken us like forty eight hours. Right. So yeah, yeah, two days. But I think this year's looking like three day 
And then some of the smaller boats that take, well, I don't know, the record's like a day, like 24 hours, and then the, I think the last boats maybe take four or five days, depending on the weather. Have you ever got out there, Will? You got out there sort of two two days into it, and you're looking at one of your crew members and you go, "Man, I got this one wrong." Have you ever? Have you ever? Yeah. Have you ever? Yeah, you've had no sleep for two days. You're looking at this dude, and he's just not pulling that rig hard enough. Have you ever? Have you ever had that moment? Um, yeah, I've done some long races, long races, you know, that are like two or eight days, and it's amazing what happens when everyone gets a bit tired and grumpy. You know? it's, um, it's interesting. Yeah, that's right. Well, at least you can all kind of come together afterwards and, and enjoy it. All right, mate, well, well, talk to us because you'll be following it closely. And, and a lot of these crews that go out there, they've been doing it for generations, right? So who are the boats to follow or who are some names that we can watch out for this year? Um, I think I feel like overall when I imagine like the Itchy Band, which is like a TP52 is going to be hard, hard to beat as always. But, um just because um, those boats are so well fine-tuned, it's just hard for anyone else to compete. But I think maybe, yeah, them, I'll be looking at them. And then for, like, but like to win online out of the 100 footers, I think maybe Blackjack. I think they haven't, I think it'll be their year to probably, their year to win. The conditions look like probably suit them towards the end and they haven't got haven't got the W yet. So it'll be probably pretty cool if they manage to. They've been at it for like five or six years now. So, yeah, it'd be good to see them get, get across the line. That's awesome, man. That's great. Blackjack, let's keep an eye on that. And you personally, mate, when are you, when are you due out on the water next and what sort of event here would you be getting into? You're rehabbing at the moment, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just getting old, eh? Both my shoulders blown out. So, um, yeah, got to get both, both getting surgeries on those and maybe like towards July or after July, hopefully get back on the water a little bit. Right at the right time, when Alingi put their first boat in the water, <laughs> I'm picking for that club that you that from that club that you sail at. Yeah, yeah this is a dream, eh? <laughs> representing like Alingi, representing Kiri Kiri Boating Club, I hear. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got it. You're a quick little will. Hey, thanks, man. It's great to great to catch up. Steely put you up for it, and yeah. um, he's he's invoice. He's put through his timesheet for his producing shift to cover the beers <laughs> last night. So appreciate your time, yeah, mate, yeah. and and we look forward to following well, along with the, the Sydney to Hobart. Yeah, awesome. All right. Cheers, boys. Yeah, Merry Christmas, mate. There you go. Will Tiller. He's a good Kiwi lad. He's been around the world sailing different boats. He's he's sailed around the world, different conditions. He sailed with a lot of the America's Cup guys. He's a very, very, very competent sailor. And um, it's interesting with the sailing community that the rumour mills about the America's Cup. I mean, it ends up what well, ends up in the papers, you know, the kind of high-level politics it's like a fingernail of what all the scuttlebutt is and what all the rumours is. So um, you can just hear by the tone of his voice, there's plenty going on and there's plenty of people talking about what's going to happen. But the Sydney to Hobart, if you're a, a sailing fan or a, an expert or a pundit and you love it, punter, send us a message. Who are you tipping to win it? Blackjack could be a, a perfect boat for the conditions in their sixth or seventh year, said Will. You know anything about the Sydney to Hobart? 0800 150 811. We'd love to hear from you. This is one of the great events of this time of year. You look forward to covering every single uh, summer. So we'd love to hear from you about what's going to go on. And it could be a gnarly upwind condition for the first day or so. So there might be some carnage. Keep your eyes out there on social media and stuff. And there's a great website, uh, Sydney to, RolexSydneyToHobart.com, where you can follow along. Interesting stuff, Kempi. We're going to shoot off, mate. After this, we're going to come back. I still want to hear from you what you're doing on Christmas Eve. We're going to find out your plans and talk a bit more sport. It is 17 minutes past seven. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. 
All right, here we go. 20 minutes past 7 o'clock this morning, Christmas Eve. Off to Cello Basin to sit on the bank and watch the Blazing Firebirds go out against some Aucklanders. Even put the bonus bet I picked up earlier this week on the Blaze Firebird double. Merry Xmas you. team, Richie. Good on you, Richie. Richie, we got Heinrich Milan coming up, uh, coach of Auckland. Oh, I no, don't know if he's going to be a big fan of that sort of punting, mate, but... <laughs> Happy Christmas to you, and that's what we're asking people. What are you doing this Christmas Eve? Kempe, you would have spent a few Christmases abroad, right? Oh, plenty, mate. Plenty, you know. Spent well, Christmas time for me in England when I was when I was playing was was bonus day, you know, because they play um, in England Boxing Day on New Year's Day. So you know you have a you have a pretty quiet Christmas because you got to get up the next day and everyone goes. See in England, they go to the sport, they go to they go to footy, and the and the stadiums packed down. So local derby day. So, you know, Castleford plays Wakefield or, or, or Castleford plays Leeds and Wigan play St. Helens, you mm. know. So pretty big games. And, and of course, they, they, they were bonus days then. They weren't just games. You know, these days you, you get a contract, you play for footy. But back in my day, it was they were bonus days. So your big bonuses were on the line. Oh, doing like double money or? Oh, you're talking good. You're talking back back then. You're talking just good bonus stuff. Yeah, you know, it was like a Christmas, little little bit of a Christmas gift if you could Christmas get the one. Sling. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, yeah, you sort of really you couldn't really celebrate the the festive season because you'd play Boxing Day, then you had to back up again and play on New Year's Day. Um, but everyone wanted to play on them because because of the bonus. So, well, what about the crowds? Like, was it heaving? Was it good? You know, was it the energy, the atmosphere, pretty incredible? Well, it's, it's pretty cold in England too. You know, like you get the, sometimes you get a white Christmas. Um, everyone's hoping for a white Christmas. You know, it's not it's not cranked up to what it what it sounds like a white Christmas. The salt trucks are out. Those sludge snowy turns to mud. You, you know, the grit everywhere and it's pretty messy walking around. I remember falling asleep one, I think the very first year I got up there to Carlsford were playing Boxing Day and I've, I've, I didn't even think about it. I was up there on my own. You know, I was in my flat and thinking, shoot, yeah, I've got to get up in the morning and I've got to go to the game. And I, I got up and turned tally on and just lay on the couch and was waiting to head down to the ground. I didn't listen to the radio. Never had a mobile phone back then. Pulled the curtains out. Geez, it's like four foot of snow. But you're and, stuck. No, I mean, they cancelled the game. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know anything about it. I actually went to the game with my bag. I was the only bloke there. They couldn't get hold of me. So, um, <laughs> True. Yeah, no, I had no, I had no idea. I had no idea. So, yeah, Those a, Kiwi blokes turned up to the game. Turned, I just turned up and thought, oh, we're playing in snow today. You know, <laughs> They'd been down there all morning, the players, the staff and the groundsmen, getting shoveling the snow off the pitch. But what happened when they? Because some grounds, like the football grounds, of course, they all have underground heating, and the league grounds, Do they, they? they, yeah, they, well, of course, mate. And in, 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 oh, in yeah. rugby league back then, they didn't, never had it, so you, you got the the team had to get out there and shut, mate. We got shovels, like you're playing today, but <laughs> what would happen is you'd shovel it off, and the wind would pick up and turn into a skate rink, and and it would harden right up. So, I have played games over there when you run out of the cold and your cleats can't get into, the, yeah. they can't get into the dirt, and you yeah. go. Oh, I'm the old North I'm Canterbury frost. Talking about talking about that, man. I played in a game once. It was so cold. It was so cold. It was a Challenge Cup game. We were playing. I think it was uh, it was Dewsbury. Playing Dewsbury. Richie Blackmore was one of my centres, and I had an, so he he played for New Zealand. I had Richie Goddard, the other centre. He played for England. I was playing five eight. We went out. Casper Smith was a halfback. He played for England, and these two didn't want the ball, mate. Every time I went to throw them the ball, they looked. They actually looked the other way because they didn't want to get. They didn't want to get tackled <laughs> in the mud, and because it, it was blowing a f- minus four degree wind too, it was freezing. Were well, you doing the Beaver Donald tuck and run, mate? I was. I'm, well, yeah. 
I'm a halfback, mate, so I don't mind telling people what to do. I was go, I'm, I walked into the change room at half time. These two, their jerseys weren't even dirty. Me and Casper were filthy, mate, because every time we got the ball, we looked at centers. They didn't want it. We had to get tackled. <laughs> and Casper's in the shower, mate. He's just got hot water. He, his hands are blue. His lips are blue. You know what I mean? I'm going, look at that halfback, you two. You better get, you better get tackled this half. I'm throwing you that football, you know. And, but yeah, that's what it's. It's a cold, cold place over Christmas. But the English, they really. You know, they really embrace that whole festive season, um, and they embrace the the sporting part of it. So you go, you go and play up there in a, in a festive season game, and it is packed, absolutely packed. It's one of the best times to play. So what I want to know then, double eight double three and oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Give us a call on the Kenard Tire phone line. What is the best festive sport? So in America, they have basketball on Christmas Day hoops, which is just such a thing. They love it. They put the best teams against each other. Prime time, they absolutely love it. They don't have American football on Christmas, I don't think. Uh, in New Zealand, obviously, we have Boxing Day cricket and Boxing Day races, and that's a massive thing in the su- in summer. Uh, in the UK, it's it's league. There's the darts. Uh, there's the English Premier League. What is your, the best festive season sport? Let us know. Nominate your picks. I'm sure there's so many I've missed out there. It could be more obscure. Oh, the Sydney to Hobart, for example. What do you love? What do you love about it? Kempi, that's a great story about these these centres not wanting to touch the dirt in the, <laughs> in the freezing cold. He was, he was one, he one of the best I've ever played with, Richie Blackmore. I, I'll tell you, but I've got some stories about that fella. He's one of the funniest... I'll, t- I'll tell you a real quick story about him, mate. Eh? You, you got a couple of minutes. I'll tell you a story. He, he came back to play for the. He came back to play for the Warriors. So me and him were playing, and we're playing for Castleford. I signed this sort of um, under the table deal with Dougie Lawton. You know, he's a, he's a um, Scotsman. He was like he couldn't. I couldn't even understand him when he was signing me. You know, all I could understand was the, the dollar signs he was writing on the piece of paper. <laughs> and he's talking to me, and I'm you know I'm just nodding my head. Yeah, Dougie, I'm deaf anyway. Yeah, here, Dougie, yeah, Dougie, yeah, Dougie. What? How much? And he just put this number down. Yeah, I'll sign. Where do I sign? So he locked it away in his in his safe, and I went back to Richard Blackmore. I said, "Oh, I'm going, mate. I'm going to Leeds." And he said, "Oh, yeah, I'm going to Warriors." So he was coming home to the Warriors. So he came home to the Warriors. He came home, and and he's got straight. You know, he's been stuck up in England for years. He got straight back into the Auckland life, you know, Waitemata Harbour. Driving past, he's driving past Waitemata Marina down here, and sees a boat. I said, "What sort of boat?" He goes, "Oh, mate, look like look like Miami Vice. One of those boats with a spoiler <laughs> on it." Like that. So I said, "What do you do?" He goes, "I bought it. It was Friday night." He said, so I went in and bought it. I said, I threw the wife in it on Saturday. They gave me some new fishing rods and I just took it out. I just took it out to the harbour. I said, have you ever ever driven a boat before? He went, nah. So what happened? He goes, I saw those green round circles up there on the boat. And I just thought that that means danger. Stay away from them. So I just drove away from them. And he anyway, spends spends a day out here fishing. The wife's an English bird, so she's got a big, mink coat on, you know, with, with done up with the high heels and all that out there. Typical northern English Yeah, dude. yeah, yeah, your lipstick, yeah. Anyway, the, the tide gets up and some waves start hitting the side of the boat and they start panicking. They're calling mayday, mayday. On the, on the, and Richie's come back in here. We can't get in. Like, he never had a mooring. So he can't get in. And the guy here said, no, you have to go to, to Takapuna. So he's gone, geez, I've got to get back out there again. It's so rough. <laughs> he's gone out there. <laughs> he's gone out there. He's got to be real. He, he, honestly, and, and it was in the newspaper. If you look at this <laughs> the newspaper, they've got a game the next day. This is Saturday. He's gone back to Takapuna, and he's and he's gone, how do I get it in there? And it, there's this big beam across here, a concrete beam. Water's just dripping over it. So he just floors it. He floors it. And he hits this concrete beam. And the boat gets stuck on top of it. So, he, so he, he's lifting them out. He's lifting the the whanau out, the, the mink coat and everything, walking up the beach, walking up the beach and saying, just go, just go, get it. And 
waving down a taxi. And and in the paper the following day, he had to pull out of the game because he had he oyster cut his feet on the oysters walking up the beach. But he said he he cut them run and run along the beach today. What happened was he put, <laughs> he beached the boat and he went back. So he jumped in a cab, went home, and he's gone. Oh, what about the boat? The tide's coming in. So he's rushed back down there. What happened? The guys up in the in the in the boathouse were watching. <laughs> Pissing their pants, they went down, pulled the boat, and tied it up for him. They they laughed and said, "Mate, that was the best show we've ever seen." So he, he just tried to jump. He tried to jump the beam. He's looking at this beam, and the water's drip drip. He reckons it's just dripping over it, and I'm going, "How the hell do I get in?" And he goes, "You must have to jump it." <laughs> so he's just he just floored it. He just floored it, and he's hit it. He reckons at a hundred miles an hour, and it's just stopped it. So that's, that's sad day, Sunday morning, he goes back to the boat and goes and drops it back off and tells the guy he doesn't want it. <laughs> Didn't tell him about the bottom of the boat. <laughs> oh. best, best stories ever, mate. He's Kippy, got the best is, stories ever. That is sensational. Wow. That's you. That's the best Richie Blackwell story I think I ever would have ever expected to hear. That's so good, mate. The mink coat and all. Um, it's 29 minutes away from 8 o'clock. I've got to pull myself together here. Let's head off to the news with Trudy for Kubota. What I want to know is, now if you've got any more Richie stories, that's fantastic. <laughs> Send us through. We'll see if they line up with Kempies. But what I do want to know, what's the best festive season sport? Kempies played a lot of rugby league at this time of year. In the freezing cold, there's a lot of football going on. Sydney to Hobart, cricket, racing, darts, a lot. What's the best festive season sport? Get in touch with us, double eight, double three. Let's compile a little power ranking, shall we? Let's shoot off to get to the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. SCNZ Breakfast, it is 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. We've managed to pull ourselves together after hearing one of the best Richie Blackwell stories you could ever get. Or just any story, to be honest, and he's just floored at trying to get over the ledge. If you missed that, Kieran's gone and podcasted it. Go and have a listen. Baz Izzy for breakfast, wherever you get your podcasts. That is outstanding stuff, Kempi. A lot of fun. I'm asking you for your best festive season sports. We want to build a power ranking list of the best sports this time of year. Stock cars, Speedway, someone's come through on double eight, double three. That's perfect. Let's keep those coming, Kempi. Um, some great memories from you playing rugby league, mate. At this time of year, dear, it's all about the family stuff, but you must it must be good just to be able to reminisce about some of those fonder times. Yeah, look, I've, I've spent so many times... I- so so much time overseas. Like Christmas time was was pretty lonely for us up there. You know, we the Kiwis all get together, the Aussie boys all jump on board. You know, and there's, there's actually another there's another story about Richie Blackmore and Brendan Tudor with a, when they put the hangi down for the boys up there. Um, but we'll leave that for another time. But um, yeah, for me for me it's you know I I go home. It's pretty pretty well known down there that. Me and my mates, we've been doing this trip around the mountain. Oh, gee, since we we're teenagers, mm. um, we don't. We we actually used to do every pub around the mountain, which is which is quite a big day from starting Waitara, down at the tavern, and end up out, out way out south at Upanaki and 
back through Harwood and down down um, through Inglewood back to Waitara and it was a pretty tough day back in those days but these days it's more about just getting around a table and, and catching up you know because we haven't seen each other for so well. Well we're going to talk uh, festive season sports very soon because the Westport harness racing uh, loves the Boxing Day session and Troy Scanlon is well, he's everything harness racing in New Zealand but down there he's a great man he's a community guy he's involved with Mitre 10 down there and uh, they do such a good job obviously the, the region's had a real tough crack at it with the floods and stuff down there. So he's a great West Coaster is Troy Scanlon. He's going to come up and talk to us very, very soon. Just a couple of headlines to get through. Uh, Look, the Liverpool-Leeds and Watford Wolves games have been postponed in the Premier League. So we've been following this throughout the week. Uh, Players have got COVID. 16% of the league's not even vaccinated. They've actually gone to the extent of postponing games, which really didn't look like they were going to. We told you what Jordan Henderson, Liverpool captain, was saying yesterday. He was spewing. Not happy. Player safety, player welfare, he felt, was being neglected. Pep Guardiola's raised the prospect of a player strike. The fact that they're even talking about it, he does admit that it probably won't happen, but the angst within the playing base up in the UK, different sport to what Kempi's talking about, but this is a busy time of year. It's cold. It's really brutal. There's a lot of games to fit in a tight schedule. COVID cases depleting these squads, making it very hard to fulfill the obligations. Interesting stuff. We'll continue to follow that throughout the morning and throughout the rest of the week. Troy Scanlon's not far away. Let us know what your festive season sports are. Let's build the power rankings. It's Christmas Eve variant. SCNZ, the summer breakfast, back with the Scan Man shortly. You are indeed at 17 minutes away from 8am this morning, uh, reciting some great league memories from Kempe. I tell you what, a place that is synonymous with the sport is the West Coast. It's also synonymous with harness racing. They love their harness racing and they're all racing down there on the coast. One man who is Mr. Harness Racing as far as I'm concerned in the South Island and in the, on the coast, it's Troy Scanlon. He's been an absolute pleasure to deal with for pacing for purpose all year, providing us with plenty of winners. Although Scanman, yesterday we had a bit of a hiccup at Cash Burden. Yeah, we did. Yeah, morning, Louie. Morning, all. Yeah, it didn't go to plan yesterday. Well, the first um, 2,200 metres went to plan, and then the last 200 didn't. So uh, that's the way the, the, the way it rolls sometimes, mate. Yeah, it is. You just didn't quite let down, but that's all right, mate. Look, you're um, you just to, it's great to get you on to introduce you to our listeners because each and every Thursday when we tip one out for pacing for purpose, it is your work. What? Where's your background in, in harness racing from, mate? Why do you love it so much? Oh, pretty much most of the family has been involved in some way, Lily, whether from an owning point of view. My grandfather trained paces many years ago uh, with his uh, with, with his brother, um, and yet just been involved from a young age and obviously as a, a young boy you head down to Patterson Park on Boxing Day each year and um, that's probably where my, my love of the game um, started. We had some friends as well that owned some nice uh, nice horses when I was a young fellow that I followed so probably didn't have much hope to be fair. No, not not a chance in the world mate. <laughs> you love it as well, you're sick for it to be fair. You, you are, I mean would you say you're watching it and or you're doing, I know you're a busy man and we can talk about what you actually get up doing you for your day job, but you must you must be so plugged in. I'm sure you spend more time on the Harness Racing New Zealand website than anyone else I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like watching the replays, Lloyd. I suppose if, you, if you're going to tip or try and be a tipster, I enjoy trying to tip people a winner. Um, that's probably the, the main... Well, a couple of things I enjoy about the game, obviously, the, the, the people. Um, the great thing about the Westport Trots, Lily, is we have the same people pretty much come 
year in, year out, the trainers and the drivers that support us, um, and you get to know them really well um, over a long period of time. So I suppose I'm, anyone that's involved in the game, I think, enjoys the, the people aspect of it. I obviously love the horses, and, and you know, I try, try to tip a winner. Sometimes get it wrong, sometimes get it right, but, um, but yeah, we do our best. Hey Troy, it's Kempe, mate. Um, yeah, I look, I love the harness racing myself. Always had them, you know, um, good mates with Cran and and the Butt Brothers, and you know, it's good, good, good people in the in the game down there. What's what's the um, future hold with those blokes getting on a bit now? We got some really good um, young trainers and owners coming through. Yeah, I think um, I think we've got some good young guys coming through. I was I was going to mention like at Westport. Um, you know, one guy that comes to mind that's done a fantastic job recently is Bob Butt. Um, obviously, uh, I was going to mention David Butt, sort of coming out of a little hiatus um, to drive at Westport. Um, he's driving a nice trotter in the first uh, race, trained by the master of trotters, Paul Nairn. Um, there's a bit of bully around for that called Mar- Masterly, um, for those that might be looking one to get the day off on the right foot on Boxing Day. But, um, look, I, I think... I think the game's in relatively good heart. We've got, um, you know, even on our committee locally here, we've got some young people coming through as well. So, um, you know, I've, I've been passionate about it for years and, and certainly um, I'll be involved for a long time and um, hopefully those young guys coming through, you know, stick at it. Masterly going up against Sunny Sun, not not to be uh, confused with the trotter of all trotters, Sunday Sun, who, um, you know, Troy Eyed, one of probably my favourite horse, just in general. Absolutely loved the big, the, with a little man that could just go and go. Look, we've got to be careful here, Scan Man, because the odds aren't up for Westport. And Paul Moati and the lads at the, the TAB, they're always watching, always listening. So we have to be careful. But I know you would have something up your sleeve for us that we can just have a little eye on. Yeah, I, I saw in the last, it'll probably open pretty short, to be fair. Um, High Flying Harry looks an absolute super bet in the last race at Westport. It's a preferential barrier draw mobile, um, <clears throat> trained by the Duns, um, and it's, it's come up pretty good because it's, it's preferential barrier draw, so it's drawn one the second line, but it just happens to be that as a rating 57 and a rating 45 to 57, there's no horses drawn outside it apart from a horse on the unruly, and, and it actually follows out a horse with noted gate speed and Martin John, so I think Corbin might be driving it. It's either Corbin yep. or John Dunn, I can't remember. Yeah, yep. Corbin's driving it. Um, he's got some options there early. You can either pop off or, or hug the fence maybe and follow out the horse with gate speed. The other highest running horse, Gina Baller, unfortunately, I suppose it could have gone either way. It's drawn the outside of the, the mobile at Westport, and that's probably one place you just don't want to be. It's um, quite a noted front runner's track. So probably better the day for me in the last high-flying Harry. No, that's awesome, man. And and there'll be a good crowd down there. You say there's lots of regulars that turn up, but you guys are... I mean, the West Coast just... You guys have had a torrid old year, mate. It's been a, a real hard crack for you. And I know the work you do with My 10 down there and um, just you're a huge community, man. So the, the place needs to, a bit of positivity. And do you reckon you can get down there and have a real good day and just the community will... You know, a bit of positivity, a good community day on Boxing Day? Yeah, hopefully, Louie. Um I think uh, the town has had some challenges this year with the flood in July. Obviously, it's affected a lot of people. And I suppose one thing we were hoping for was actually some, <clears throat> some nice fine weather. And it looks it looks to be that uh, at this stage, Boxing Day is going to be an absolute curler, which I think a lot of people will be looking forward to. Um, and I should say, I had mentioned to you in a message, Lily, um, I did say, you know, I'm the man on my word that if Brother John didn't win, we'd, we'd make a donation. So... Um, 
lot of Team Westfield are going to chuck $500 towards um, the Child Cancer Foundation. So um, that's what we're going to do uh, just to, to help out a little bit, given I, good man. I didn't do a very good job yesterday. <laughs> Oh, Troy, you didn't have to do that, mate. But that's uh, that's a sort of testament sort of bloke you are. And and look, I know my team, Westport, you guys have looked after that community in tough times. So I appreciate that. Child Cancer Foundation, Pacing for Purpose, that's awesome, man. I know Baz and Izzy um, will be absolutely so thrilled with that, mate. You're you're a good man. Enjoy Christmas Day with the whanau and some great racing on Boxing Day at Westport, fella. Yeah, thank you. And Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all the listeners out there and to you fellas. Enjoy it. And um, I hope everyone has a safe and Merry Christmas. Bang on. The scan man. Absolute champion, Kimby. Yeah, he is. Look, and I, I look on the Boys Get Paid page too when I'm looking for a trot, and, and Reed 3 is very, very thorough with his mm. um, with his selections and gives you some good bully on him. And he's right. He, he picks plenty of winners. He, he does. He picks plenty he's, of winners. He, and do you know the thing about Troy is when he gets hot, follow Troy. Because he can start seeing them, and it's like a cricketer. Like, he starts seeing it like a beach ball, and he can go on these tears which you just don't feel real. Yeah. So we'll get on one of those, but um, incredible there, just donating to the Child Cancer Foundation. I mean, yeah, that's the sort of community we're trying to build at SCNZ. Surround ourselves with good people like that. They have same values as us. Very, very special stuff. Troy Scanlon there, everybody. Uh, we're going to be back shortly. I'm going to play Kempi another Christmas song. It's been a couple of days since we've busted one out, and I think he needs a bit of cheering up. So let's play some <laughs> Izzy Christmas magic after this as we amble towards 8 o'clock here on SCNZ Summer Breakfast. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Smithy's knocked off, drinking so much beer. Baz and Izzy are off for a break. But we'll be back, don't make a mistake. I don't want to miss out on a summer sport. Cricket and racing and so much more. I'll be in the pool and staying well fed. But I'ma be tuned to SNZ. Will you? SNZ. Will you? SNZ. At the beach getting some bait. I should be laying off the pond, I know. But I'ma be backing them on the nose. Word on the streets that he loves a hand. Uncle's got the gas, he's having a jam. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Smithy's knocked off drinking so much beer. With you, SNZ. With you, SNZ. With you, we'll be. Oh, yeah, there he is, Daggy. He's back. Uh, I saw on his Instagram last night, Kempi assembling some children's toy, some car. He'd be no good with it. I don't know. Actually, I don't want to say that. Maybe he would have gone well there, but it looked like Daisy was very much in control with the tools. Yeah, advice advice to any dad, like get help when you're putting things together. You know, swings, don't, kids' don't, toys. Don't, don't try don't, hero don't, it. Don't even bother, mate. It's not, Trampolines? It's, it's not worth the hassle. What's the worst thing to assemble you've ever had to assemble? Oh, there's no way of a lie. Me and Kevin Edel put together a uh, a a gym for his kids out the backyard and um, up in Leeds one year. Oh, mate, it took us a whole day. It was a it was like a what do you call it? Like it was a swing, jungle uh, a gym, a slide, a gym. Oh yeah, you right. know, like a like a, big a kit set, a climbing gym. Yeah, and it was it wasn't that big, mate. It would have been about four four foot by six foot long type thing. But you think we could put it together? You know, two footballers working out. How many it was, footballers it was science, it mate. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a science, and we were no good at it. 
Oh, funny stuff. Hey, just going into the news for Trudy, a bit of breaking news coming through via the Blues. New Zealand Rugby sold its shares in the Blues. So uh, a couple of years ago, New Zealand Rugby took back 40% of the holdings that were sold off. Um, the, re- the remaining 60% have been shared since 2013 between the provincial unions of Auckland, Northland and North Harbour. But they have sold their 40% that they took back. Uh, Mr. Uh, Don McKinnon says that the Blues are delighted to have attracted such a respected group of investors. So there's a consortium that are calling themselves the Better Blues Company Limited will purchase it. Uh, through They've got a respected group of investors and uh, people to get together that have wanted to take the club and um, New Zealand Rugby it looks like are absolutely thrilled to have that done. So it looks like the new investment at the club was going to bring a bit more energy, and the way they're framing it certainly is another win for the Blues, a bit of momentum for the Blues. John Hart poured a lot of time and effort into this, and I think that's good news that it's back in the hands of some private, well, 40% at least, some kind of energetic, good business-type-minded people in the Auckland community that will be able to push the Blues on the field again. So there you go. Well done. To blues and to the blues, and uh, nice to get that news through on Christmas Eve. A little Christmas present for them, right? What do we have coming up in the next hour, Kempi? We got plenty. We've got Cr- I was going to say Chris Lindrum. No, we've got Heinrich Milan, coach of the Auckland Aces. Now they need a win. They need to get back on the horse. Uh, narrowly going down to ND. We'll catch up with Heinrich Milan, coach of the Auckland Aces, and we'll have a Waikato Stud Racing preview with Lethal Leith Innes. He's got an awesome book of rides on Saturday at Sunday at Ellerslie. Before we catch up with Michael Walker in the next hour, plenty more to come here on the SCNZ Summer Breakfast. It's 8 a.m. Here's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. We're off to find ourselves a delicious McCafe coffee. At Chemist Warehouse this Christmas, find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. Welcome back into the SCNZ Summer Breakfast, three minutes past eight o'clock on Christmas Eve. Welcome in. Good to have your company on Christmas Eve. And we want to hear from you. 0800 150 811, the Kennard's Higher phone line, or 8833. A couple of things I want to know. What are your Christmas Eve traditions? Your hometown, wherever you are around New Zealand, what are you doing tonight? Are you catching up with the boys or the ladies at your local tavern? Is it a quiet family do? Do you do half of the family Christmas thing tonight? What's your Christmas Eve tradition? Let me know what you're up to tonight and where you're going to be around New Zealand. I'd love to hear from you there. And the other thing I want to know is what are the best festive season sports? So rugby league goes really well in the UK at this time of year. So does the Premier League. We've got cricket and racing down here. What's the best Christmas festive sport that you know that goes on that you want to you can tell us about. We want to put a power rankings together, so get in touch and let us know. Kempi, we've got a big hour coming up. Leith Innes. Gee, he's good to see him riding back and, and in some form as well, isn't Lethal. it? Lethal. Yep, it is. Good. He's been good for many years, Leith. Um, so, yeah, look, I haven't, I haven't caught up with Leith for a while. I haven't seen him around. Um, but, yes, watched him watched him win plenty of races, that fellow. He's a and good, good dude to boot, too. Yep, good dude and uh, in some nice form as well. So let's 
we'll catch up with Leith at about quarter to or 20 to nine this morning after nine. Michael Walker out of Australia as well. And there's plenty to get stuck into between then and there. Yesterday, last night, one of the most unbelievable scenes in the Super Smash I've ever seen. A final over which included three wickets and a six via Trent Bolt's bat to get the Northern Brave up and about against the uh, Canterbury side at the Bay Oval. Spark Sport had it all live. Brings you 64 Super Smash ga- matches live and on demand this summer. You can head to Spark Sport and watch the highlights. Heinrich Milan is the head coach with the Auckland Aces. Morning to you, Heinrich. What did you make of last night's game? That was pretty incredible stuff in the last over, wasn't it? Yeah, morning, guys. Look, uh, I think that just pretty much sums up the times at the moment, isn't it? It's, it's crazy stuff all around, and uh, yeah, hopefully we, uh, the rest of the competition uh, keeps us on our seats of edge like that. Isn't 2020 just a, quite a, it's, it's an incredible sport for that exact reason. You can take three wickets in the last over and still get a six hit off the last ball, and that can be it. It's quite fickle from time to time, isn't it? takes just one guy um, to do something um, you know, in one over and change the whole complexity of, of the game, doesn't it? You know, we've, we've seen that a fair few times now across the world in leagues, and I guess that's why you know, players who do that regularly um, are real commodities in those leagues, and, and you know, they, they obviously fetch the amount of money they do to, to apply their trade. Which player do you think in your side is that player that can, that can change the, the, the face of the game? Yeah, look, someone like Martin Guttel's obviously showed over periods of time that he can do that. Um, Lockie Ferguson has, has done that exact same thing in leagues around the world and for the Black Caps. And, um, you know, so to, to see one or two of our younger boys getting an opportunity to do that well as well at some stage, someone like Addy Ashok, um, you know, has got a big future ahead of him as, as, a, as a leg spinner. Um, yeah, so just looking forward to seeing some of those boys going out there and, and, and being brave and, and, and playing that brand of cricket. The way the summer's constructed this year, Heinrich, you've got access to these guys more than you probably ever would have, right? So Lockie Ferguson's coming off an incredible run with Kolkata and Baz over there in the IPL. To get an extended period of time with him where hopefully he can stay fit, I mean, what's that going to do for your squad? Well, it's awesome to have him around and, and bounce ideas off him, um, especially to a, you know, a youngish bowling group um, who are trying to find their feet in, you know, in a competition where people are coming hot at you the whole time. And, and, and just being able to have you know, a, a, an older head out there with him, um, who's been around the block a couple of times now, played in finals, um, you know, and, and, and just being able to give him um, the responsibility, too, of, of taking that leadership role from a bowling point of view is you know, it's an awesome um, part of, of you know, what we potentially will have uh, over the next couple of weeks with him and, and being around. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it. I think you're right. He, he'll he'll take wonders from this being a bit, bit of a leader in a group, Lockie, and uh, Martin there, Mark Chapman as well. You've got an awesome squad, a youngish bowling group, as you said. What's going to be the key for you guys, though? Only two games and two losses. So is it hard to get momentum when there's some teams that have played five and you've only played two games? Is it just about playing literally each match as it comes? Yeah, 100%. And, and look, we, um, I mean, we, we, it's, it's been... Well, publicised that you know we haven't played a lot of cricket, and um, you know it's, you can quite easily just feel like you're behind the eight ball and, and trying to chase everything the whole time. But look for us, we, we play um, three games now in six days, um, and, and you know anything as we've seen last night can happen in the D20 game, and, and things turn around quickly. So look, we, we're looking forward to today. Um, looks like a good day out here in Wellington, and hopefully the wind is not going to play as hard as it always does. But um, you know we, we travel home tomorrow, and then we play on the 27th and 29th again. So. Um, you know, just looking forward to, to getting out there, um, like I said, play some brave cricket and, and have a bit of fun and, um, you know, assess things uh, on, on 29th.
Henrik, what's the wear and tear like on the boys when they've got such a quick turnaround over those three three games? Well, I can tell you we uh, we've already had quite a few injuries and we haven't even played. So <laughs> I guess at this stage it's trying to manage the load. Um, you know, we're not going to train too much, obviously, as, as we've we've got you know a big schedule of playing. Um, but it's still making sure you know that, that we go out there with some purpose in our preparation. Um, and, and maybe that's you know, a nice little opportunity for us too to make sure that we um, not always just worry about you know the hitting and the catching side of things, but also are we doing enough work behind the scenes in, in terms of our uh, personal preparation, our homework piece, um, you know, gaining our information, and, and really being clear around those plans. So it's a nice little challenge for us on, on different avenues, and, and you know those are all the aspects that we try and make players. Um, prepare and learn so once they get that opportunity to take a step up into international cricket that that's part of what they do. From that preparation perspective, so you've got three games coming up, the, the Firebirds today at the Basin and as you say you head back up uh, Central and then Otago. Is a lot of that work done already or is this period just as busy for yourself and the analysts in between the games trying to um, you know run the tapes and work out how you're going to you know, make plans against different batsmen and bowlers. Do you do that, a lot of that on the fly or in preparation beforehand? Yeah, a bit of both. Um, so we've got a, a, an understanding or a game principle around the way we want to approach our, 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 our innings or, our, you know, our bowling side of things. Uh, but then from an analysis point of view, that's, that's more on the day or the day before, um, you know, especially with short turnarounds. You don't want to plan too far ahead and, and you know, get, getting players muddled up with who they're bowling to or what the, the, the plan is. So, uh, we do a lot of that on, on WhatsApp and, um, you know, the, the new way the players want to operate is, you know, they're on their blows the whole time. So trying to make the most of, um, you know, their screen time and, and, and getting them connected to each other too. You know, it's a nice little way of the way that we try to do things and um, it's good to see the buy-in and, and the way they go about it. You know, doing their work, posting it on our groups, creating some conversation around it. And, um, you know, that allows them to, to go out there and um, just express themselves and, and having someone next to them that's, that's all over the plan that we're trying to be like. Heinrich, talking about buying, we've had a few texters in this morning saying that they're coming along to watch the cricket tonight. Um, how have you found the New Zealand public? Have they embraced the, the 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 version this version of cricket? When you go away, is it like that atmosphere, that that buying from the crowd, really worth it? Yeah, look, we've only played two, and, and one of them has been behind closed doors in the park. So we're looking forward to getting some people out there. Um, but look, it's always nice to have people around and. Um, you know, especially when, when you think, you know, what well, we've just come out of and, and, and not being able to socialise and, and, you know, get around people. So, look, we, uh, it's over the, the Christmas and festive period, there's always people around and, and, and creating that atmosphere. And, um, you know, I'm not expecting anything different this year. Um, the competition's getting bigger and bigger. And um, you look around, the, 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 the brand of cricket that's getting played is, is, is you know, really brave. And, and people are going out there to try and um, put on a show consistently for, for the people that's coming in. Yeah, well, if you yeah, look, if you told me that Trent Bolt was going to hit a winning match, winning six <laughs> off the last ball of an over, I'd say that that's bonkers for a lot of different reasons in the Super Smash. But it's happening. I think that you're right. The competition's growing, and getting the access to this, these black caps for a, a bit of an extended period of time this year can only do it a world of good. So uh, go well, mate. We look forward to seeing how you guys pick up the bit and hopefully can find some form over the next um, five days or so, Heinrich. Lovely guys, appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to um, playing 
playing some regular cricket now. And um, yeah, you know, hopefully to catch up with you guys again soon. Merry Christmas. Yeah, bang on. Merry Christmas, mate. Merry Christmas to you, Heinrich Milan. There, the head coach of the Aces. He's a good cricketing man. He's a got a lot of a lot of time for Heinrich. He's friendly and he he wants to do things the right way. Good on him. Good on the Aces. They got a nice squad against their game against for their game against the Firebirds today, which is two forty p.m. eleven ten a.m. Of course, there are the Wellington Blaze against the Auckland Hearts the women's side of the ledger as well. So you can go and watch all of that cricket at Spark Sport. Super Smash is back this summer. Catch every ball of every match live on Spark Sport. There you go. There's some cricket covered off. Uh, Kempi, an awesome text here from one of the great men uh, who listen to uh, SENZ. It is Dave from Karaka, and he's got a question for you. Yes, he's, uh, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Louis and Kempi. Great program you boys putting together. Looking forward to Boxing Day races. Good horses and good divvies. Uh, thanks for the entertaining show. Um, but he's got a question here. He reckons, uh, I think the Warriors need to follow the Penrith system. Uh, the Kiwi boys will make the Warriors just need under 20 comp to restart and build their knowledge all best. And it, it hit the nail on the head, Dave. I think I think that competition, I think what uh, rugby league needs, especially in New Zealand, is competitions. And I think in under 20 competitions in our own country, across the districts, where the districts are playing um, meaningful football at under 16, under 18s in coming up to Auckland and playing in a meaningful 20s competition would feed the Warriors some 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 very, very good players. But unfortunately, we don't have um, those meaningful competitions. We have short um, competitions that, that basically bring kids from rugby to give them an opportunity in rugby league. Um, but if we want to grow it, it's you've hit the nail on the head. You need a system. And Penrith have the best system. We all know that. Whose duty is that? Well, it's the national body's duty to, to, to lead, um, but we, it can happen. It's just We talked about it the other day. It's about the equity position of the game. You've got to, you've got to get back to the districts. You know, they're the volunteers that are doing the work and, and the ones that encourage the, the kids to play football, um, but the national body needs to lead those competitions. I think the Auckland Rugby League, because if they were given equity in the game, they could create an Auckland competition. Mm. You know, And we don't have that. We've actually we've done that in 2002, and that's where Jerome Ropati... Sonny Bill Williams, Manu Vatave, Thomas Lulawai, Ipalama Haki, Ivan Tumavavi, blah, 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 blah. They all came from that competition, and then they went away from it. So Auckland can sustain a, a meaningful rugby league competition. Um, it just needs to be thought out. Love your question, Dave, and, and good response there, Kempi. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Give us a call. What's your plans for Christmas Eve? And do you have any festive season sports like the stock cars, the racing, the darts? What are the best festive season sports? Want to hear from you after this, uh, Kempi? One thing that we've just had up our sleeve all week that I I know you are you're just I can see it. You're hard on the bridle here. Geordie Barrett potentially playing rugby league. We've had it up our sleeve all week, and we're going to go to we're going to the well after this. It's on. been a while since I've been hard on the bridle. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Summer breakfast. It's quarter past eight. Yeah, give us your house. You're right, Jacob. Great savings every day. Twenty minutes past eight o'clock this morning. Where are you? Get in touch with us. Double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. What are you up to on Christmas Eve? The old mates catching up at the. Uh, the tavern down the road, let us know. Want to know where the scene's at tonight. Hey, uh, Kempi, at the start of this week, one thing we had written down that we were meant to talk about was Geordie Barrett. I mean, he. this, this is this is the beautiful thing about the world where everybody's got a podcast. Every, everyone's got a podcast, these former players, so their mates jump on these podcasts and they're just so chilled and they're relaxed and you get this gold out of these players you never would on the radio. So that means we can then pick up and run with it. And Geordie Barrett just 
nonchalantly confesses, yeah, he'd love to give NRL. He loves it. He get, loves get gold. Get gold, Jesse. Get more than gold. What about Brandon Smith's podcast? Oh, see, that's that's pretty feral. Yeah. That's what I'd describe that. Yeah. But you're, you're dead right about Geordie Barrett coming out and saying he'd love to give rugby. Look, seriously, I think every All Black would like to give rugby league a crack. Um, just like every rugby league player would like to be an All Black. Right. You know, so with they're all, all going with the same aspirations, especially these days. You know, most kids are coming through those school systems are playing both rugby league and rugby union. Roger Tuivasa-Sheck is probably, it was in that time when Roger was playing first 15 for Tahu College when he came into the schoolboy tournament for Tahu and got picked up. Uh, the Warriors had him, they thought, and, and got snuffed out by Sydney City and the rest is history. So I think a lot of guys have looked at that Roger transition and said, geez, can I make just as good a transition as Roger? Well, so this, this is the, and this is the illusion, the mirage of elite level athletes. You know, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck. Well, we actually don't know how he's going to go in rugby union. You can draw some conclusions and say that he's probably going to have as good of a chance as anyone. But Sonny Bill Williams, Brad Thorne, that's that's the creme de la creme, the greatest. You know, these guys that are. It's not it's not like that for everyone because there's been plenty of converts that haven't worked. Yeah, and you're talking about league to league to rugby. What about rugby to league? You know what I mean? Inga Tungamala, when he went to Wigan, like, he was a superstar at Wigan when he went to play there. In the centres, he, I'm looking, I played against him a number of times. He was a superstar. Right. Frano Botica, couldn't get in, couldn't get in on the back of Grant Fox. Um... Would have been would have been a starting five eight anywhere else in the world at the time. Which but, way do you, have you th- spent much time thinking about which way the transition's harder? I definitely think league, uh, league back to union. I think that's the harder transition, right? Because of the um, the amount of knowledge that you have to take on board in and around. You know, you've got a rule for every every move that you have on a rugby union field. You know what I mean? So mm. with rugby league, it's pretty basic that that transition over in uh, in Gaznia. Uh, who played for the centre for St George? He showed that when he, when he came back from rugby union to rugby league, and how bad a shape he he was in. Um, the 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 hardest thing for rugby union guys to do when they get to rugby league would be their fitness, would be their wrestling technique, and their 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 um, their inability to to I guess put effort on effort. Hmm. Um, and that's why Sonny Sonny Bill Williams was so good. You know what I mean? He could transition with that physique that he had in a position where, you know, who would have thought that Sonny Bill Williams would have played second 5-8 for the All Blacks? Like, you, everyone's picking him when, they, when they're first talking about him playing blindside. for the All Blacks. Blindside. Mm. Yeah. But here he goes, you know, a, a wise move. They said, no, he's got, the, he's got the skills. We want a big, tough. And, of course, he brought in the offload at the time at second 5, which was a crash ball, isn't it, in rugby union. But he started to offload the football, and they created all this movement around it. And you know, rugby league and rugby union too. You got to remember, is pretty similar. The defensive strategies are pretty similar these days, and even the attacking strategies, with a with a lead runner and the sweep around the back, so you can get to the edges and you can get your kick into the to the corners. The tall wingers that can jump. You know, it's very very similar. So transitions back in Kipper Gallagher's day when he went to Leeds. Ain't as, ain't as, I don't think as hard as what people think they would be these days. Right. So a guy like Geordie Barrett, I mean, it's kind of, it's half fantasy, but you never really know, right? I remember actually with Geordie, this is a bit of a side note, when Geordie was playing uh, MPC for Canterbury, so just come out of Lincoln University, I'm pretty sure, yeah, he was definitely at Lincoln University, but I'm just trying to work out the timeline here. I don't know if he'd played Super Rugby yet. 
but AFL teams were fishing around. He's this big, lanky, fullback, second five centre who can kick the ball a mile. And I, I, I look, I always remember the rumblings that there were AFL academies and, and actually lists AFL, so first teams, looking and going, hey, you got all the tools. So he's kind of got a special body type where he's almost the size of a lock, but he's got a skill set that puts him in great stead for the outs playing in the outside backs, solid under the high ball, can kick the ball a very long way, and also strong, big hips, and can actually snap guys. Huge on defense, big shoulders, and he's a country lad. Where would that lead him to play in rugby league? Well, for me, I, you know, if I was looking at Geordie in the school set, he could he could play anywhere in the outside backs, but I'd start him at fullback. You know what I mean? I think he, I think he, I don't, I'm not making it up when I say he's New Zealand's answer to to Trebojevic. He could he could be that good. Um, the thing I liked about Geordie was that you watch him playing in the All Blacks and in you know his Super 15 games, um, and there's instances there which the 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 normal public would miss, but on TV where he's actually quite nasty. You know, he loves collision. Like Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like it, that nasty. Yeah, he's, yeah he he's... loves collision and he and he actually gets up and he, he's got a little bit of push and shove in him, you know, and you sort of can harness that that type of um will, I'll call it. That he's got that will to be confrontational. And this is the this is probably the major issue with rugby league and rugby union is that in rugby league you your confrontation is every tackle. Every tackle you can get bashed. You know what I mean? So Yep, you blokes are. You, there's not much move. Some people there's not much movement, but they're going to challenge you in the if you, if they're running at you, they're going to challenge you as an attack and say, "Well, you're going to tackle me, and I'm going to make it as hard as possible for you to tackle me." So that there's that sort of kind of like a thirst for collision, that thirst for because I know exactly what you mean. He's got a bit of sass, for lack of a better word about him. He's got a bit of red line, like he can kind of. And you think that would be harnessed and would fit the rugby league mould very well? Oh yeah, because you can see fear, mate. You can smell it. You know what I mean? I think I think that's why a lot of blokes won't won't transition to rugby league because because rugby league blokes will f- smell fear. Mm. They'll you know they'll they'll take one look at you and go, "Yep, mate, you're not built for this." Um, again, that's why I talk about Garrick Moore. He got bashed every tackle, but he 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 showed no fear. You know. Do you have so that's Geordie? Let's park Geordie, and oh, I'd love to see it. I mean, I love the, the Warriors. Yeah, they said the right thing. I would would love to have him. <laughs> That'd be great. I think if he'd do it, let's assume he'd he'd want to put himself in the best position. Uh, TJ Perinara used this as a bit of a bargaining chip for his latest contract with NZR. Richie's come through. Geordie's saying that it's just trying to up the offer from NZR next contract next time the contract comes up. I think there might be something a bit more to it. But if he was gonna do it, I'd imagine he'd go to one of the top Sydney clubs and try to put himself in the best scenario with and that's no blight on the Warriors, it's just a matter well, of fact. He, but, but the problem, you know, it's yeah, Richie, that's a that's a, a good point. But Geordie wouldn't be signed as a marquee player. You'd have rocks in your head if you if you're in an hour club and you'd say, Well I've just I've just signed Geordie Barrett, he's our marquee player. Well he'd say he's not gonna get a much of it. look, his NZR contract's always gonna be more than his Of course. Yeah. He, he, he can't use it as a bargaining tool because they're not gonna be able to compete with what he gets with the All Blacks. It's gonna to have to be a bit of give and take from Geordie because yeah, he'll get good money from the NRL, but it is it's a gamble. It's a gamble in the first instance. The if he if he shows a potential in the first year, possibly could become the marquee player. But you don't throw all your eggs in a, in a basket with a rugby player switching to rugby league. I can't wait. I mean, it's not going to happen necessarily, but the, the thought of it's so tantalising. Other union players that I'd love to see have a crack? There's one that I've just been thinking about all week, waiting for this conversation to come up. 
I swear, I swear on Leithfield that Ethan Blackadder would be an animal in the back row. I think he would just love it. I think he is that sort of guy that you're talking about that wants the confrontation. You couldn't smell fear with Ethan. Is he in the, the All Blacks? They call them hundies. Guys that at training. Cowboys, can, mate. Hundies. They, 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 yeah, cowboys. Yeah, they're, they're out of the cowboy mode, the cowboy Lonegan mode. Was it Liam Spears, was it? The, Liam Squire. Liam Squire. He's a cowboy, mate. You the, know, the Mark Shaws. Mark Shaw. You know, you know, you're probably you're probably in were you in diapers when Mark Shaw was around? Yeah, about that. Yeah, Mark Mark Shaw. Well, he isn't, he would make he would have made a beaut a beaut at the time he would have been a he would have been Kiwi. You know, he was tough as nails, man. He's Bruce Gall. Right. He okay. was Bruce Gall, who was a Kiwi down to a T. And you can pick him, right? Like guys like Ethan Blackadder. Well the first thing you look at is you look at the Scott. fear. You look at whether or not they can handle the fear. Because it's fearful running in and getting bashed every every time you if you every time you're playing a, a game of rugby league, you, mate. It was it's like preparing preparing to get bashed. <laughs> uh, it's not like boxing, but it's you know at least if you're a winger in rugby, like is he, you can hide. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, uh, you opened up that one, oh, mate. You opened come up on, that one. Easy on. Actually, uh, is he is he would be a good he'd be a good league player too because he's silky. Sil- mate. I was gonna say silky. Silky, yeah. Bring him on with about five minutes to go again, win scoring try. Mate, he'd love it. He'd sing songs all night long. Is he is he as he was is he you're right, was silky, he would go well as an outside back. Good under the high ball again. Um Double eight, double three, or even better, the Kennard Tire phone line, 0800 Who is the dormant league star playing union at the moment? Who's the guy who hasn't made, even suggested it, and you're about to declare it for them? For me, it's Ethan Blackadder. God, he'd be a workhorse. He'd just tackle all day, and he'd keep coming at you, running hard. Send your messages through, double eight, double three. Who would you love to see have a crack at it? Right now, it's the news with Trudy for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Back in the SCNZ Summer Breakfast. This is your home of sport this summer. You don't have to go anywhere. As Izzy said, we'll be with you, SCNZ Kempi, not moving an inch. There's so much sport going on. The NBL, the A-League, the Breakers, the Knicks in action, the Super Smash back here, the Sydney to Hobart, the Boxing Day races, Awapuni, Wingatui, Allersley, New Year's Day test, the cricket. We've got the Ashes, which we're going to have live coverage and commentary of here on SENZ on Boxing Day. What a treat that'll be. And you, double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. We have awoken them, Ken Peel. It took was a little bit of chat about league and union and the differences and who would go well. Uh, we've got a message here. Where do you think Geordie found his niggle? Colsey. He found it in Taranaki, mate. Well, he didn't need to look for it. Is that Colsey he was texting? Born with it. Or is he saying that's Dane Coles? That's it's, it's Dane Coles. I don't know if it's Dane Coles. He's trying to take. He's trying to take the Taranaki out of out of Geordie, mate. But nah, he was born with it. You reckon Smiley's got a bit of? Oh, come on, do you know Smiley? Not personally. No. Well, I know a lot of blokes that know Smiley. Of course, he got it, mate. 
He got it in buckets. Yeah. He's, he's lucky he's not from North Taranaki. <laughs> Why is that, Kimbi? Because he would have been an immortal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're on today. At least we've got some other messages here, mate. Yeah, here's another one here. You say this is the best one, Mark, and I, mate, I've got to be really careful here because this is a rugby union station. Oh, get This is a rugby it. union station. I'm get saying, come on, it. mate. The rug, rugby's a fabric. It's the fabric of everything. Him. But here, Mark, you, Mark you've hit the nail on the head. He can't be, even though you say league and rugby have similar patterns, one is refereed to a point of ridiculousness. Even I got, even though I got that out with my dyslexia, I can't remember <laughs> the last time I watched a good game of rugby. Hard but true. Stop yeah. texting the Hard. show, Kimby. <laughs> you were doing it yesterday as well, mate. Cut it out, mate. Stop texting the show. And uh, Kimby, do you think the Storm are showing how much they are ahead of the curve again by signing Will Warbrick out of the New Zealand 7 system instead of chasing 15s players? They don't come much fitter than those boys. Oh, look, they're the Dave Ellis of the um, Karaka, ah, Karaka sales. You know what I mean? So they can, they, can, they can watch a stallion walking around a paddock and go, we can turn that guy on a superstar. Have a look how many times they've taken a bloke and thrown him into, a, into their side who's an average player and has ended up being a champion. You know what I mean? So, so you're saying they are, they, Bellamy and the Storm geniuses, they are the ultimate rugby league judge? At the moment. 100%. Uh, ahead, so... What Brett's saying ahead of the bell curve, you agree? A hundred, one hundred percent. They, no one's worked out what they do, and they, you know, they're like the um, Marty Schottenheimers of the NFL. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Where you walk into a room and the room is just full of names, and he knows in ten years' time what his running back's going to look like. Is it? Is it? Um analytics based there or are they just doing it by feel and judge well very good ju- they've got they've got football across the board you know what I mean like they're Frank Panisi is one of the best he's, mm. he's not only their football manager but he's also one of the their best recruiters you know because he can recruit people that are good for the club and and Bellamy you know Bellamy inherited a really good model when he went in there Mark Murray had set up a pretty good team when they won that competition the first year round bought those boys down from Brisbane who happened to be called Cronk, Smith and Slater <laughs> you know and Bellamy on the back end of it has built some wonderful stuff around the back the, the back end so he's had a I don't think Bellamy's going anywhere people talk about Bellamy going here and he's going to be the director of Brisbane and done it why would you why would you do you Why think he cares that Melbourne's not a league town? He's on a handsome payday and they win. Uh, and Harrison Marker here. Sierra Tompkinson is comfortably the guy with legitimately p- high potential in rugby league. Defensive pressure and happy to hit the ball up. Great one off the radar. Harrison, don't mind that, mate. All right, we want to head off. We're going to come back with Lethal Leith Innes for our Waikato Stud Racing catch-up. You're listening to SCNZ Summer Breakfast. and is here off to the races. Thanks to Waikato Stud, your source for a racehorse. Tell you what, Baz and Izzy are, they're on holiday. They are on a beach somewhere, lying poolside, and rightly so. Hardworking lads and enjoying their break. Shout out to the boys. But we're still doing a Waikato racing catch up, and man, I don't know why you'd be taking holidays at this time of year. A bloke who doesn't take holidays at this time of year because this is when he gets paid. This is when you fill up the coffers for the year. Lee Thinnis is on the line. Morning, Lethal. Yeah. Morning, guys. How's it going? Yeah, good. Good stake money at this time of year, right? Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's nice to be uh, back at racing at Elsie on Boxing Day. Um, 
looking forward to it. Do you reckon this would have been, what, the longest period of time you haven't raced at Ellerslie in how many years? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's been a long time. Uh, so, uh, look, we had a little uh, hit out at the trials at Ellerslie on the inside track the other day. And, um, look, obviously because we haven't raced at Ellerslie for so long, the, the course proper looks amazing. So, um, no, I just can't wait. Mate, it, um, Leith, it's Kempe, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good, Kempe. You're good, mate. What do you got, mate? You got us winning this uh, this coming Sunday. You you, you fancy yeah, your ride? No four play, just you fancy straight. your rides? What do you what do you think, oh, mate? We'll get straight to it with Leith. Oh, oh mate, I hear that you're a pretty good judge, mate. You might be able to help me. Out. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I've got some really nice rides, so um, fingers crossed. Um, get the rub of the green, and and we sort of get a couple home anyway. Let's start in the first thing because I reckon this would be close to the best, wouldn't it? Run to perfection. Um, not wasn't going too bad. Just kind of missed out the last couple of goes. Good barrier in the first open handicap. Weighted well and well and really well actually in the race. You can run to perfection. Can go close. Yeah, look, he probably had a bit of a red light on him. He goes for his replay last start and um, sort of um, he, he runs in, a, in an open field, but it, it, it's probably not really overly strong with the. 500 metre race on the day as well. So, um, look, I've never ridden him before, but going on his last couple of efforts, um, he's won at LC before. So, um, now I'm, I'm happy to be on him tomorrow on Sunday. You've been doing a bit of, so you obviously do your work down at the farm with Lance Noble there for uh, Cambridge Stud, but doing a bit of work around Pikey's Barn. How well is that going at the moment? They're ready to go bang, do you reckon? Yeah, hopefully. Um, I did relocate to Cambridge for sort of near on a month so uh, I was mainly writing work for Pike Stable and um, yeah there's a few good ones coming through so it's good Do, do you know how have you got an opinion on the um, you got a ride in the race Marchand who's actually probably over the odds I reckon at 31s but it's a strong race the Uncle Remus stakes right do you have an opinion on how good Paranui Bay might be is Nabba just he must be absolutely stoked he's got this ride he won't be giving it up will he yeah, no, I, the closest I've got to him is working next to him. I'm not even going to touch the horse. But, um, hey, um, he's a really nice, strong-looking horse, and um, I know he's he's pretty ready to go this week. Yeah, field of gold in there as well, so Pikey's got a, a very strong hand to play, mate. Let's skip to the, the main event then. I'll come back to Familiar. Aegon, you get back on. Um, what did you make of it last start, mate, at Tarapa? How do we How do we evaluate that? Oh, the jockey era, maybe. <laughs> Should have come out and stayed in. Rode for luck and didn't get any. Um, just put a line through the race. Um, the horses come through the race. I talked to Andrew Forsman yesterday. He's really happy how he's trained on. Um, and look, he, he just had run out of room into a brick wall halfway down the straight. And, oh, you know, if, if, if we got the gap, I think he would have run in the first three or four. Um, so lucky he's taken no harm out of the race. Um, he's won at LZ before. His first, it's going to be his first start over 2,000 metres in a late range race. It's stacked up pretty good this season so this year. Um, it's probably the race of the year, really, to be fair. Um, so look, it, it, hopefully um, he puts his best foot forward and he can use his gate four as well. Yes, a barrier four. You're right, wait for age over 2,000 metres the first time. And, gee, the field is strong. A couple of these mares 
going to be tough to knock off. But what, like, can you give us, Leith, for punters? We we just don't have a clue. Can you give us, and reading the form, it's so confusing, watching the replays, trying to stack the Aussie form up to the New Zealand form. We're, we're, we're so out of our depth here. Can you just do your best to describe us what sort of feel he gave you when you were on him the other day? You said maybe a bit of jockey area and you hit a brick wall, but what did he did he feel like he was ready to really run a proper race? And, and did it feel like he, he felt when you were winning those races in his three-year-old year? Yeah, look, he, he felt really good, and I've been working him during the week, leading into that race. And just everything went wrong. He got knocked over early out of the gate, so I'm, I'm back second last. And um, look, I'd, I'd, I was on the rail then, and I thought, you know, I'd stayed there, and it just didn't happen. So, uh, look, I think if, if you take, put a line for the race a little bit and, and just pretend that he, he did run in the first two or three, or even fourth, you know, it would look a pretty good run. Um, he was pretty strong for the long the other day in full, but I'm certainly doing nothing on him either. Beautiful, mate. I know you got a, a pin, bit of an opinion, um, or I think she's a, a nice mare familiar. This is a real tough race, the Hallmark stud. Is she a chance at odds? Yeah, I just rode her this morning. She's um, she's bright and well. She's jumping out of the skin, really. Um, look, she's going to have a nice trip from the barrier one, so the draw's going to help, but she's quite sort of deadly off at the weight. She's, she's carrying, like, Three kilos more than Bedmos Speedy, it's, so it's going to be pretty hard to roll her at the at the weight scale. But um, she is she's she's going to race. Really, she's she's happy and thriving. So um, obviously the draw is going to help us. So she's probably one for a sort of rough odds. Hey Leith, I know you guys sit down and you 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 spin a couple of yarns before the races. All your jockeys sit in that jockey room eating your pies and you oh, getting your cruel. getting your weight getting your weights up. Hey. What what is the um, just for everyone here? What is the one that is on everyone's lips in that jockey's room to watch on Sunday? Who's riding the best one of the day? Um, it's it's they're pretty even fields, and it's it's just exciting to get back at Ellerslie Kempi. Like um, a lot of those horses have just been riding in the in the CD and those Hamilton tracks. A lot of them haven't even been going right-handed, so you know they're going to get to Ellerslie and they might be. Uh, you know, the better horses have been going good at Tarapa and as such might get a shock when they go to Ellis and have to run right-handed. So um, mm. hey, I'm looking forward to a horse in the last, Doubtful Sounds. Um, he got beat last start, but it was, um, it might have been a blessing. He's running for 60,000 on Saturday and he's still in a rating 65. So, look, he, he had a gallop at Ellis a couple of weeks ago and um, he, he's, he's going the right way. Doubtful sound. The, not a single doubt. Colt in the last at about three dollars twenty. I reckon. I read it three dollars fifty. Even I reckon you're booking the meat, Leith. Don't want to put the mockers on you, but um, no, perfect. There's, there's some there's some proper racehorses going around. Too illicit is going to be so tough to roll. But then the stable mate, the mare concert hall, was so dominant last day. You're right. The Zabil might be the the group one of the season, mate. It's an absolute ripper. You go well. Enjoy being back out on the mountain there. The king of the place, of course. Enjoy it. Hopefully, you can pick up a couple of winners. Yeah, no, nah, hopefully, guys, and uh, enjoy your Christmas, eh? Yeah, Merry Christmas, Lee. You too, mate. Stay off the ham. Lee Thinnis, yeah, he's, <laughs> a great, great, he's a great man. He's a great jockey. He's good to... I think, he, I think he has Christmas with Butch Castles, mate, so he, he's safe with staying off the ham. Well, no, yeah, Butch is on his weight loss program. He's doing a good job of it as well. He's is a, he? Yeah, no, oh, mate, have you seen Butch lately? No, I haven't. I, mate, Butch, fair play to him. Of course to, I've seen him. Full play to him. <laughs> no, hey, Gimpy. Uh, great question, Louis. Here's a little bit of a self-serve uh, from Reed. Well, I assume you're, ask, you're, you're talking about the question about Aegon. And Reed, the reason I ask that, because jockeys, there's, jockeys do one of the most 
rare and specified jobs in the world. There is not many people that do that job at, at a level. So when you get a guy like Leith, that's the best way to find out how a horse like Aegon's going because there's no point running your, your running through the replays mm. in the form. Nothing, will, You won't find anything out. You have no idea how it's going to stack up in this race. The closest thing you'll get is if you can get Leith lined up, and the, the trainer doesn't know, and Andrew Forsman, he'll know, he knows the horse well, but it's the feeling that he gets through the reins. Mm. And hearing him say, I, I genuinely think he was traveling and I just made an error, and he got knocked around, he felt good, he felt bright, well, that may be what, where that 50 cents has gone in the market. So appreciate your feedback there, Reid, and I do it for the punters. Anyway, we'll come back, we'll get through some of the, more of these texts on the other side before we whip ourselves into the last hour. SCNZ Summer Breakfast, eight minutes away from nine o'clock. Definitely worth pointing out as we uh, head towards the 9am news with Trudy and Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand that, uh, well, the mail run tomorrow is Saturday, but it's also Christmas and I'm not, I mean, I will be doing form, but I won't be here in front of the microphone. The mail run is on Sunday. So Boxing Day, nine till 11, an hour later than usual, uh, Mickey G and myself will be here in this very studio. Kempi trying to find a couple of winners and mm. we'll be talking to jockeys and trainers if there's anyone you're desperate to hear from, I haven't set the show up yet, so double eight, double three. Who's the jockey or trainer, the key protagonist you want to hear from? Uh, let us know. Kempi, a message here for you? Yeah, here's one just saying, do you think the Storm Blueprint could work for the New Zealand sports team? I'm, I'm, um, I guess you're talking about the Warriors there. Yeah, look, of course it does. I think I think if you the well, let's talk away how that Storm Blueprint works. Let's get Bellamy and Panisa here. Then it works. Mate, I, this text has obviously not realised that it does happen here. Well, that, that's why it's a rugby station. Well, the Crusaders, are, they are, I mean... And talking about Crusaders, I think that's where the next franchise should be. I've always said that. I said if, they, you know, if they're they going to bring an NRL franchise here, they should move it in with the Crusaders. You know, you've got a blueprint, you've got a blueprint down there how to, run a, how to run a New Zealand club. I actually think Razor has gone over and spent time with Bellamy. Not surprising. I think, I, actually, no, I, he definitely has. He's spent time in that camp and maybe even No wonder he's versa. going so well. Yeah. Well, he's a freak as well. He's a genius, mate. He thinks different. A bit like you, Kimpy. He's a bit different, you know? <laughs> coming up. Thanks. Coming up to <laughs> 9, 9, 9 a.m. This morning, uh, Michael Walker. What a career and life he has led. 37 years of age. So much more to give. Come back from a gnarly injury at the moment over there. An Australian-based New Zealand jockey former apprentice of Al Sharrocks. We catch up with him. Our McCafe coffees are on the road. They're being delivered this morning. Very excited. Can't wait to suck that in. 9am, here comes Trudy. Chemist Warehouse this Christmas. Find David off hot water at 110 mil for just $34.99. Baz and Izzy, we might be at the beach, but the show goes on. It's the summer breakfast on SENZ. All right, it's three minutes past 9am this morning on the SCNZ Summer Breakfast, last summer breakfast before Christmas. Christmas Eve or Boxing Day Eve Eve, if that's how you like to look at these things. You're not going to believe this. You know, at the top of each hour when I say I'm off to get a McCafe coffee, I genuinely am. 
And today, just because of the well, the situation with it being Christmas Eve, we've had to go with via the delivery route, Kempi, and get our coffees delivered. I assume you, you, what are you running Uber Eats there? Alessio, if you're listening, mate, you get on that unicycle, you pe- you pedal 10 to the dozen, brother, because I am watching you get here, mate. It's not a 3,200-meter race. This is a 1,200. And we don't – if I wanted a snow freeze, I would have ordered one, okay? So, so, you know, the main concern when you're ordering a coffee for delivery is that you're like, oh, it's probably only going to be lukewarm when it gets here. Well, then, then they fed income, stick them on a bike. bike. <laughs> it says – Alessio is taking care of your order today. Alessio is riding a bicycle. (laughs) He's like 14 miles away. How quick is he going? And he goes, you're... Has he got a good gallop up or not really? No, well, he's still still on the back streets, mate. He's been in the back streets for like half an hour. It says your order will be here by 10 o'clock. It's like, yeah, okay, I guess I'm taking that one home to throw in the microwave. Oh, that's that's pretty good. Um, well, it won't be good. Hey, Kempi, I reckon you're going to help Kez out here with a number for Michael Walker. I'll hold I'll hold fort this way. Um, look, it's been a great morning. We've got a good text here. Kempi, enjoying hearing you with Louis today, and Christmas to you both and everyone at SNZ. This was a Kemp family and the Truman Watt family. Jason, oh, the Herman Watt family. Jason from Melbourne. Melbourne, good to hear you. Have you listening in Melbourne, Jason? Boys, Christmas Day. Make sure family have a good feed at lunchtime, then off to the study room with some beers and turf to digest the form for Boxing Day races. Merry Christmas, Mark. Mark, that's the one, mate. Good on you. Uh, appreciate that and uh, keep sending your texts through double eight double three or oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. The Kennard's Higher phone line is there for you if you can use it and get in touch with us at any stage. This hour we've got plenty to come. Oh, uh, we'll crank out some good music before we end, end of the show. We'll have a look back on the week that was. Maybe we'll put together our wish list, our Christmas wish list for the sporting year ahead, Kempi, because, uh, well, I know for you what you'll be wanting and that's Newcastle Knights. Caelan Pong going to play every game this year and, and find himself the Knights, you know, top four side with a chance to win the premiership, right? Yeah, but, well, it'd be good for them to be back in the mix. You know, Caelan Pong are there. Um, he'd want to be in the mix too, you know. He's, still, he's talking about maybe having, having a shift to the Dolphins. I reckon that is on the table too for Caelan Pong. So if they don't go that well this year, he's probably going to um, probably make that move to Bennett. Do you think up north? No, look, I, I think I think so. I think Kalen Pong is going to be a journeyman, mate. Instead of um, winning competitions, he's just setting his life up. Yeah, it's interesting to hear. Uh, well, that, okay, well, your wish list will be a bit different to mine. Then we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, well, right now, it's, it's very lucky to be able to welcome in one of our greatest racing exports. You would have seen him with the mic in hand rather than the whip in hand this year. Michael Walker, he's a fantastic jockey and a really good bloke. He's joined us on the line now, Kempi, your old mate, Mickey Walker. Morning, Michael. Morning, guys. How are you? G'day, Mickey. How you going, brother? Good, you? Yeah, not too bad. Hey, that's why well, well, you said that about the cuz. Just, I see you've um, you've launched your own your own clothes brand, mate. You're taking off um, taking off the jockey jockey gear and you've launched your own clothes brand. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, cuz oh, I did. Um, the cuzofficial dot com is a uh, like a, a brand that I, I started my partner and I because of the reason um, I want to. You know, a lot of people doing stuff about mental health this day and age, but so I want to buy parts and bring awareness to to men's mental health through. Um, I uh, and why did I make you know uh, Corey Wickle? We know the Fano. Um, 
Corey was a very, very close mate growing up. Um, you know, we went to school together. We partied together. We did a hell of a lot together. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, through this, uh, this disease, mental health, he, um, he lost it. He took his life. And uh, I just wanted to bring awareness and to represent Corey uh, Mix, to uh, represent him and uh, just do my part in any way, shape, or form that I could. And uh, by wearing the, the Cars brand is, you know, it just gives uh, you uh, a chance to be able to feel a part of, of uh, like a community, the Cars community that, uh, you know, we've always got your back, whether it's your father, your son, your mother, your daughter, your grandfather, your mates. Um, there's someone out there that's always got your, your back and... Uh, by doing that, uh, you you able to you know I have been through it myself, Mac. I um, I attempted it years ago, and uh, it was a very very dark place that I never ever want to um, to be in again in my life. And the reason I went down that path was because I thought I was too scared to actually talk about it and go to people and 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 seek help, but. By doing that, you're actually the weak person. You're the strong person if you actually reach out and go to people and say, hey, I need help or, or talk or, or, you know, whether it's you suffer directly or not indirectly by helping someone, just giving them a call, someone who's actually struggled, and give them a call that takes two minutes out of your life to say, hey, cuz, bring them up. Cuz, how you been? What's going on? Don't have to touch on it. But just to check on people and uh, talking is the most powerful uh, thing you can do about it. So we've launched that. Uh, we've got beanies, hats, uh, uh, hoodies, long sleeve tops, T-shirts, women's range, guys' range. Um, it's going really, really well. Yeah, great tagline. Hey, cuz, let's talk. That's a that's a great tagline, and especially around mental health, Mickey. It's good to hear that you you're giving back and you're thinking about. Um, yeah, I know the, the Wickle family very, very well from our hometown, mate. Just tell us a little bit about um, the injuries. How, how's it going? Yeah, because at the moment, I um, obviously in uh, May the uh, 30th, uh, I had a, had a fall in the race. It was the most easiest fall I've ever had. I um, slow-mo, I can remember being in the air going, wonder what this is going to feel like. I, I've never felt on a synthet- uh, fallen on a synthetic track before. So I was thinking, wonder what this is going to feel like. Both feet touch the ground. This is easy. But then the horse's back leg came through and kicked me in the calf which caused compartment syndrome. So they did three operations in five days to save my leg. Fortunately, they did it, so I ended up a moldy pirate, Cubs. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, they saved my leg, and then I, eight weeks after that, Cubs, I had to have uh, full knee reco, which you know all too well about. You've had a few of them. Um, so I had uh, did the ACL, the MCL, fracture the fibula. They'd done that. And uh, you're the first to know... I'm actually going to be out for another year. I've got to have back surgery to replace the L4 disc in my back and use the L5. So hopefully in the first month of the new year, I can get that done, but that puts me out for another year. Man, that's, uh, that's well, brutal news to hear. Uh, Michael was really looking forward to seeing you back out there. How are you, how's that process been you mentally kind of getting that through your head and understanding, you know, trying to deal with that? It's obviously not easy when you get setbacks, but you coping all good? Coping good, just because um, I, I think uh, by launching this brand is it's kept it in my mind, you know. I'm always thinking about 
ways that I can grow and ways that, and things you can do to get over mental how our mental problems and that. So now I don't struggle with it. If I ever did, I would go to someone. And I think Mac would know when I did attempt it myself, well, I rang him, I rang Bruce Sherrick, I rang Alan Sherrick, I rang crying. Uh, I didn't know what to do. I had no one from my childhood growing up. Um, Mac's someone, uh, can be someone I, I classed as an uncle, you know, someone I looked up to. So um, I've been there and done it. But now... You know, I'm, I'm really, really good. I'm, I'm happy. I'm healthy. Um, healthy as can be, obviously, without the injuries. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> really good. And had a new baby a couple of weeks ago. Uh, called him Cash. His, his name's Cash. Spelled with a K. So life for me is pretty full on. And um, I think cause I'll, I've put away the saddle for now. But uh, I'm uh, more or less daddy daycare these days. You're putting a stable together, mate. What 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 number kid is that? You got them all over the world. <laughs> I was waiting for that, cuz. Uh, number four. <laughs> I, to, and, and, and in horse terms, cuz, I, I would say I've got three colts and one filly. Are you, le- are you leaving good types, Mickey? No, let's have a look at me. Of course I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and you've done, you've done well, Mickey. They've, they've picked you up and put you in front of a camera, which I think is a, gr- a great idea um, and, and great foresight from on, on our mate... Uh, Marty Henderson over there producing some of the TAB work and got you in there as one of the shows. How are you finding that, mate? How are you finding being a tipster? Is there any pressure on you every weekend? And and, and by the way, we, we want you to give us one before you go. Caulfield this week. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's quite easy for me. Um, uh, Mac, you've known me from day dot. You know I can talk shit. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I enjoy talking. So... Um, I uh, for me it's pretty easy the the tipping side of it because I I leave that to the profession now. But for the pre and post race up, you know they used me to to talk about it and um, it was really uh, heartwarming for me to be able to do an interview with a fellow Kiwi James McDonald. Um, you know he was wanting to sit back and really take in the atmosphere and, and just and the, the moment of him winning a Melbourne Cup and realising what he had done throughout the, the Spring Carnival. But uh, because I went to him and uh, said, Cuz, you're doing an interview. And he goes, oh, OK, Cuz, I'll do it. So I was able to get him at something that I'll remember for the rest of my days on this uh, beautiful earth. And um, it, was, it was really, really good. And I'm actually contracted to them again for the autumn. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that again. And uh, for tipping-wise, Cuz, I'm going to give you uh, a multi. Um, Marabi at Caulfield, uh, they're both short. Don't get me wrong, they're both short. Marabi um, of Kieran Ma and David Eustace at Caulfield into Coolangatta in, at Doombin. Uh, if those two win, I think you get about... Two dollars thirty, two dollars twelve, two dollars thirty, somewhere around there. So, cars you double your money, and that's better than bank interest. So, you good can't man, go Mickey. Wrong. Good man. Hey, and just mate, we're talking um, about that just a, oh, five minutes ago to Lethal Innes uh, in and around his ride on Aegon in the in the Zabil, um on Sunday. What's it, mate? What's it? Just tell us about those Group One wins because you've had plenty of Group One wins. What's it? What's it feel like, mate, when you're in, under those things and you and you have got a feel of the reins and you know that the thing's going to run? Just take us through that. What does that feel like? Uh, it's an it's an amazing feeling. 
for me, I, I've been doing it, you know, forever. So uh, the feeling for me never gets old. Uh, I suppose it's been like you, Mac, when you were playing, you know, when you go out there and win a team that you had never beaten before, but then you finally beat them, that feeling that you get. Well, it's the same with me. You know, there's races that I would like to win. And when you get to that furlong and you think to yourself, I'm going to win this, I'm actually going to win this. And before that, I'm quite relaxed, but then my heart starts going and starts racing the furlong thinking I'm going to win. And then when it does happen, it's just like a... No matter if it's a race that's not up there on the radar of other jockeys, but it is for me. It's like a dream come true. You know, it's a race that you've always wanted to win. And I've got a, actually a race in my career that I still haven't won, and I still want to win it in New Zealand Oaks. I've won all the good ones in New Zealand, but the New Zealand Oaks is a race that I always want to win. And I hold close to my heart, and I'm getting a bit older now, but um, hopefully one day I, I get rung by someone in New Zealand to come over and do that. So... One day I want to do that, and um, but at the same time, I'll tell you another thing. When I've gone to win a Melbourne Cup on numerous occasions and end up running second, third, fourth, fifth, I've got to the Furlong and Prince of Arrow one year. I think it was two years ago, and I was in front and I was flying, and he was going to win. My heart was nearly going to fly out of my chest. I, I really thought I was going to win a Melbourne Cup. I ended up getting beaten. So I've gone from my heart beating out of my chest going to win to my heart actually breaking when realising I thought I was going to, then I didn't. So it actually broke my heart. But um, hopefully through these injuries, I get more chances to be able to do that, Cows, and um, hopefully I can one day, my, my, my actual dream is one day to bring a Melbourne Cup that I've been able to win back to Waikara, getting the RSA Cows of all the old boys who have followed mm. me throughout the years and 100%. bring out of it, you know. No, oh, that's that's so cool, Michael, to hear you say that. And here's, bro, here's a, a message coming through from Brent. Some of the analytical work that Michael did over the spring carnival was amazing. Talking us through the whole race with the drone footage, outstanding for punters. So, I'm absolutely loving you, mate. And that that interview you did with J Mac, just when you said, you know, you, you got, can you give me the petrol money now? And he said, I've got plenty of it. Like that was so raw and real. I just no, no wonder that'll be on highlight reels forever, mate. So, like, you're a, you're an absolute natural off the track. It's been a pleasure to chat to you this morning, mate. And um, congratulations on on your your new daughter. Did you say? Oh, you new boy. Yeah, another cult. And um, good luck with the surgery. And hopefully you can be back riding, and we can get you one of those oaks. Eh? Thank you very very much. And um, hopefully one day through this pandemic, I can get back to New Zealand and catch up with Mac and everyone back in Waikato, all the boys. And mostly first and foremost, not first foremost, but lastly, I would like to say hello to Case and Layla, my kids, back in Howard. I love you guys more than anything. Oh, nice, Mickey. Merry Christmas, brother. Merry Christmas to all your fans, your listeners. Love you all. There you go. Michael Walker, absolute legend, a great boy from just Waitara who's he's gone and, you know, you you painted the picture to us earlier, Kempi. He hasn't had an easy life. He's had lots of ups and lots of downs, but the moral, not the moral, but the guts of it is he's ended up in Melbourne and he's one of the best race riders in Australian racing and he's transferred to TV during these injuries. He's doing a fantastic job with that. And just hearing the way he speaks about mental health, you kind of painted the picture that he has got his head put on and he seems to be in a really good place. Oh, he's got a bit of resilience about him, isn't he? You know, it's, and it's not the story about the racing story too. It's about Mickey Walker's life. I, th- I think it would be a fantastic book to put out there in the public domain. So I know there would be a lot of people in the, in the racing game that would read it and then get a better understanding of who Mickey Walker is as a person. Um, and I've had some really, really heart-to-heart conversations with the kid. I, look, I, li- I like him. 
he's come, he's he's come from nothing and he's still doing it. Um, and hopefully he can he can continue to do it, and, and especially on the saddle, um, given that he's had all these horrific injuries over the last sort of two years. So it was good to get him on and talk about. It. He's, a, he's a family man. He's really you know obviously loves his kids. He's got a couple of kids back here in New Zealand, a couple over there. And um, the thing that I also like is that you know Waitara is such a for such a small town. Um, that's well above its weight in sport. We never really talked about that this week. You know, like we've got so many good identities that have come out of that town, and in Melbourne currently, the the guy that's producing the show, Marty Henderson, he he grew up with my nephew, kicking a football around. I'd come back from England and Aussie and play footy with him in the backyard when they were like four and five, mate, and bash him up. They never even got a chance against me. <laughs> um, There's no, mer- I had a no mercy rule, no matter what age you were. And um, Marty Henderson now produces. Why doesn't for, that surprise me? Marty Henderson pr- produces for the TAB in Melbourne and 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 uh, helped Mickey get that gig. So, you know, it's like you you can't. This is like the conversation I talked to you about, Alan. You know, like don't forget who you are, don't forget where you come from, and and that's one of the be- beauty things about Waitara. Cole Cooper, mate. Cole Cooper, he's from. I don't know if you knew he was from Waitara. So he's back coaching Clifton next year. Wow. So he's gone back after his wonderful career with the Hurricanes and the Chiefs, and he's back now coaching club football. That's awesome. That's the good news story you want to hear. Waitara, I mean, there's look, not to, I'm not trying to burst your bubble at all, but there's so many of these little places in New Zealand that have these identities that when you start stacking them up and putting a circle around them, a ring around them, incredible in the amount of people that have come. But yeah, just to, you know, look, do you know what, Kempe, the passion you've got for Waitara and the Taranaki region and, and Northern Taranaki in general, it's been quite inspiring to see this week, mate. So they're lucky that I've got you. You're out here pushing the, the envelope as well, which is great to see. What an interview, what a bloke. That's from Reed on double eight double three. Reed, I appreciate your time this morning. Going to be back here on the Summer Breakfast on SCNZ after this, here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Yeah, the mail run, the go. we've got Beaver, Beaver, lad. Um, we need to sort that out. Not tomorrow. It's Christmas tomorrow. Mail run is back on Sunday, and we will be doing that. Kimpy, you've got a bit of mail. Well, you've, we've, we've actually... Do you know what? I reckon we've put out about 20 different tips this week, maybe more. Yeah, but I'm going to go on a multi that we picked up today because I thought we had some really good people on, especially the jockeys, you know, that mm-hmm. um, know a little bit about the horses. So, um, yeah, I'm obviously I gave one, the old, the old Niffler. I think, um, you know, I think you've got to back this. This is a place multi. I'm going to go, I'm going to go the Niffler into um, harness racing, into quiz shot, into masterly. Into High Flying Barry from our mate down the south, into Doubtful Sound in the last, and take Mickey's two as well in the, on a place bet, not a win bet. So we Mar- don't know Marazzi, what the odds will be, right? No, 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 I haven't. I'm, man, I'm, I'm guessing that's probably about a ten dollar multi. Mind you, mind you, there's a couple in here that the odds haven't come out for yet. It could be a hundred dollar multi. Mate, give us those names again, and can you tell us where they are? So Nivellers and uh, Ranwick. Quiz shot is down the south, the trotter. Uh, Masterly, you know where Masterly is. That's one. Awapuni. Um, Awapuni. High flying uh, Harry, the last in Westport. Uh, Delphi Sound, you know where that one is. Yep. Yep. Ellerslie. Ellerslie. And then we've got the two overseas, Marazi at Caulfield. And up in Brisbane, we've got Coolangatta. Well, I reckon that's going to be coming out closer to fifteen, twenty dollars, mate. Maybe more. Yeah. Well, that's that's you know I've been searching for a multi all day, and I keep changing because listening to you, you're confusing me every time you you you're going through the fields here in Alsley, and I just thought, well, I'm just going to stay away from that. I'm going to go in today. I'm going to listen to what everyone's saying. Not and, um, me. Well, 
I might as well take if I'm gonna if I'm gonna punt to this weekend and on a multi, I might as well take everyone's advice. <laughs> yeah, more advice the better. Do you know what's um? Do you know who's who's taken advice from you that probably shouldn't have? That's the bloke that runs this this show, Ruben. <laughs> oh, I think it was good to see Ruben Ru- too. Just Ruben, Ruben, who's the content director, the boss here at SCNZ, he's come in and you're not going to believe it. Kempi's been on the show for a week and he's come in and Kempi's gone, mate, I've got a um a coffee delivery outside. I got a bike on a unicycle. Can you go out and get it? And re- now Ruben's texting me and he's saying, was Kempi having me on? Because he can't see him. <laughs> I'm I'm just watching I'm just watching this on the What's on his name? The, on the app. Alicio. Mate, he's going around and around Carlo Park. He's doing laps of Carlo Park. And Ruben's out there on your orders. He's giving just, you a job. You've sent him out to get a coffee from a non existent you just clown on just a so, unicycle. Just showing him who the boss is. <laughs> oh, when do we get these coffees? They're, be, gonna, they're gonna be fr- it's probably the ice biggest coffee. mistake I've ever made, isn't it? <laughs> ice ice coffee. Thanks, Rubes. There you go. Oh well, we're uh, we're going to shoot off to get the news with Trudy and Kubota. Kimby's going to go outside and try to track down Felicio and and <laughs> I'm actually off. <laughs> oh shit! Oh Christmas Eve, it's getting loose around these parts. It's half past nine. Here comes Trudy for a bit of sanity with the news for Kubota. Together with shaping and building New Zealand. Fourth of December, not a hard date to remember today. Didn't even have to look at the computer. Pat on the back sort of stuff there. That makes one of us. Kempi sent the boss outside to get non-existent coffees. There's an imaginary bloke riding around on a unicycle with two McCafes. We'll never find those, but that's all right, because it's Christmas. A great time for kids, for whanau. I hope the weather is good wherever you are. If you're travelling today, please be safe on the roads. Last thing we need is anything gnarly to happen out there. Where are you going to be? Where is the session tonight with the lads, the family, the extended family, your old high school girl mates? Where are they? Where are the where are you catching up? In Rangiora. Rangiora. I know that they used to have a big old session at JR's bar. It's called something different nowadays. We got some old colleagues there. Where are you gonna be and what are you doing? Send us your plans for Christmas Eve. What are the traditions? I'd love to know. Plenty of fun to be had. Paul Moati's not far away from the TAB. We'll get to him a bit later on. But Kempi, we were teasing about a wish list, a sporting wish list for the year, and um, I thought you'd want Newcastle Knights to to win the, or to be in the top four and give themselves to win a premiership. Is there anything you're craving? Do you have any like? Are you a closet supporter of any teams I wouldn't know about? 
Oh, I look, I'm a mad watcher of the WSL. I, I love watching the surfing. I love to see Kiwis on there when Ricardo was on there. Um, I know Billy Stamart's trying to get on there at the moment. So, yeah, I, I, and I like watching on a big screen. I think watching surfing at home on a big screen is really good because the footage and the commentary of the surfing is fantastic. I just watched um, John John Florence and his brother at... at um, Ivan, did you see that wave? Unbelievable, man. But it just... I like I like that. Um, I love the obviously I love the horse racing. I think I think spring summer carnivals are, are fantastic. Um, and and our our boy had a you know we've had some couple of good wins this year with them too. So hopefully our girl can get out of the gates on on Sunday. Well, that's the other thing, Kempi. We haven't even spoken about that today. So you, yeah, you're a part owner of Just Ask Me, but you're also got Cinerama, who's black type. She's won some nice races. Um, had a big place clean up on her and. Oh, last December, uh, Tarapa race December. She should have won it, actually. She came, she fell out of the gates again and came flying. Um, yeah, get Mal- run second to Melody Bell, you know what I mean? Thorned so in Mile, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a fantastic run. And, you know, good thing about her, she's a filly, she's got black type and, and going to be a really good broodmare. So I think Alan, I think Alan let the cat out of the bag on uh, Tuesday. Was it Tuesday, Wednesday? We had him on, on the show. And jump said, or retire. Jump or retire. Yeah, and I, and I agree with him. I think, you know, she is black type. Um, she doesn't like racing. Then let's not let's not waste their time. Why haven't we covered any surfing this week? That pisses me off. Now I think about it, we'll have to get you back at some stage, Kempi, because I knew you were into it, but we hadn't. We just didn't go there. Tell you what, I'll, the WSL lost me in the last couple of years when they flipped up their schedule. It was really easy to follow for a while, and they tried to get too smart with it. I thought. Yeah, I, I think there's not. I don't think they got too smart. I think they added too much to it. Yeah, yeah, you know, better way to put it. They added too much to it. So instead of just having the men's comp and the women's comp, you know, that were running basically parallel to each other, then they added the big wave surfing, and then they they went to all these qualifying surfing um, tournaments, whereas people were just getting used to surfing. I remember Sky, what is it, about 18 months ago when they first put it on TV, on the on the um, back channels, you know, Sky 6, Sky, Sky 7. Sky yeah, yeah. And they put it on and, you, and you'd and get a, a couple of hours of surfing, you know, and, and that was great because you'd been waiting years to see it. And then all of a sudden the footage was just fantastic. So, yeah, mate, that's um, obviously one of the things I'm looking forward to in 2022. The other one is I'm really looking forward to the NRL kicking off again. You know, at this time of the year when there's cricket to watch um, and you know that pre-season is, is kicked off and, the, the trials come up show at the end of January. Um, it gives you a good good opportunity to look at the sides and go, right, yep, same old, same old Melbourne, Sydney City, you know, they're gonna be kicking around there in the top four and but who's who's a smoky? Who's a smoky, not a team, who's a player? Who's a player that can have a huge year this year, any side? Ooh. Who's gonna have a big year yeah, this who, year? Yeah, who's 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 ready? Who's looming up like who's looming up? Pop the question about the four hundred, had cover the whole way, let, I, let I, down. I reckon the I reckon the player that people really haven't seen him hit his straps yet is Payne House at Brisbane. Do you think he's got more to give? Oh mate, I reckon I reckon he is the the best player of the comp in the making. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, one of those ones. <laughs> yeah, all right. You know. Payne has Broncos fans, where are you? Double A, double three. Does that warm the heart? Do so you reckon he can go to another level? I reckon he goes to another level, especially where they've got a really good halfback in, in Reynolds that's gone up there from South Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, they've always had really, really good juniors, but they've lacked a little bit of, I, I guess, a, Direction? a little bit of a, yeah, a bit of a skipper at the realm, you know what I mean? I think Reynolds brings that to the side. Um and Payne has, has carried that side last year. He carried, he carried them. Oh, he's an animal. You know, not, not only a big man, but he had big shoulders too. He was carrying a lot of players around. I think with the, with the addition of Reynolds, I think he goes to another level. Are the Broncos the sleeping giant of the NRL? They are if they can get their mix right. Like their juniors are fantastic. Mm. You know, they, there's some of the players that have come out there and gone to other clubs even, um, or the players that they, they everyone was picking them at the beginning of last year that they were the team to watch because of how good their talent was but you know talent only gets you so far you know what I mean so I think the addition they were looking for a really good halfback Milford didn't do it for them they went through a number of sevens um, and yeah I, th- I think adding that adding that stability there's won a grand final been a grand finals knows knows what it means to close games out got the one of the best kicking games in the comp and Adam Reynolds and that you know in today's game is really really important so on the back of that where you've got a bloke like Payne Haas who can play 80 minutes in the middle but destroy teams you know I mean, he's, he's Jason Tomalolo on steroids mate he's better than that there you go, Kempe. Huge season for Payne Haas coming up. If the Broncos can get the mix right, Adam Reynolds is a big signing and will do wonders that side. Lovely message here from James. James, appreciate that you've liked listening this week. Uh, we've got Stephen McIver coming up after 10 o'clock. He's done a fantastic job as well. We've got Ricardo and the Beef coming up later throughout the day. Christmas Eve here on SCNZ. Gee, it doesn't get much better than that, I don't reckon. Wherever you are travelling today, keep us tuned. We'll be back with Paulie Mawadi, the party, after this. You're listening to SCNZ and we're stoked to have your company through Christmas Eve. It's quarter to ten this morning. Paul Mawadi, the party, tab.co.nz. Kempi and me have been, I, I don't know if the computer in here has gone off the TAB since he got into studio, Paul. Would it, I don't, did you plant him? Is he like a, is he like a double agent? Because he's good for turnover. <laughs> <laughs> Tony the cooler Kemp. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did carry the name Muckatoo for a long time, but, oh, no. but now the Philadelphia lawyer, old Lewis Litt, Bruce Sherrick, carries that. <laughs> Paul, Paul. Oh, one thing I have yeah. noticed this week is uh, preferential treatment. Paul Kemp, he hasn't got a song. Yeah, look, uh, obviously. Of course, it is, man. It's called Return of the Mac. Return of the Mac. Schmack. We'll sort that out. Obviously, he's going to be opening a whole lot of presents tomorrow, so there's no need to Not sort of push a song on him today. He'll have plenty of presents tomorrow, and we'll have a song for him early in the new year. Just to, you know, just when you sort of starting to get back into the grind of work again. We'll have a song for him to pick him up again. But, yeah, well, so the only issue, only issue with that is he's just sent the boss out to get a non-existent coffee, so he's not <laughs> he's getting an invite. He's been gone for half an hour. <laughs> he's, he's not getting an invite back. He's, he's taking the piss on his last, last day like he's a leaver at high school. What do we have at, um, What do we have to look through today, Paul? You, you said yesterday you've got a hot jock at Wingatui, Awapuni for Boxing Day. Every race at Ellerslie is bonus back, second, third, fourth, $50.00. You get a bonus bet in return if you run those uh, drums. What have you got for us today, though, if we're itchy? Can't wait. Okay, today we've got a bonus back promotion on the first two races from the Cambridge Harness Meeting. 
Uh, race one starts at 11.30 this morning, so don't miss out because it's a wee bit earlier than usual. 11.30, race one at Cambridge Harness. That's a bonus back race, as is race two. Also got a bonus back promotion on the Wellington Blaze up against the Auckland Hearts. Uh, that's at the basin. Oh, gee, I should head down there. Uh, also, the Firebirds <laughs> up against the Aces as well. Uh, and then tonight, the Hobart Hurricanes and the Big Bash, they're taking on the Melbourne Stars, a bonus back promotion on that as well. And, of course, we've got a bit of NFL this afternoon. The Tennessee Titans hosting the San Francisco 49ers. We've got a bonus back promotion on that too. So uh, if you're an NFL fan, Arnest fan, Cricket fan, we've got you covered today. And as you said, it's a huge, huge day on Boxing Day. And I just thought I'd just take you through a few of the movers uh, that we've had early on uh, and some of the features. In the eight carat, I can tell you, there's been a bit of speaking about Lady Covell at, uh, from $26 into $15. That. Yeah, yeah we, we have taken some cash on Lady Covell. Who from? Who's it from? He's not going to As tell I you said, that. We've taken, we've, we've taken some cash on Lady Covell, Louis, uh, and we've also taken cash on Flash Mary, $12 into $9. And I haven't forgotten you, uh, Louis, in the race two, the two-year-old race, the Civic Contractors 1100, uh, the favourite there, the best back by far, Grayson Gray, uh, Daniel Johnson to ride, Jamie Richards trained, 350 into $3. But if I get paid... $12 into... T- I hope you enjoyed that $12, Louis, because oh, uh, I think that's don't a, a, a listen to him trying to provoke me. Like <laughs> like how she's a $12 chance for. She should be 20 bucks, mate. You, <laughs> I, and I even asked you specifically, and I reckon you've just done it for this moment. And, I, you know, for you, for a Christmas present, I think that's fair enough. On debut, mate, she's... um Look, there's some smart two-year-olds in this race, but $12 into 10, it didn't matter what you opened it at. You could have opened it at $1.40. We would have got it into $1.20. <laughs> We'll see how she goes. Tough draw, good field, but um, a few market movers. I tell you what, uh, Leith gave Aegon a bit of a vote of confidence. Five fifty into five dollars as well. He's still getting really nice each way money around um, Aegon. Do you? Can you quickly pull up Paul um, that yeah. race? Can you tell me if Two Illicit's taken any betting? Yeah, Two Illicit is the best backed in the race uh, so mm, far. Of uh, she's steady at two seventy, but there's been a wee bit of action in that middle market. Uh, pre to fur, seven dollars. Sound at eleven, and Tiptronic at fifteen dollars. Uh, so yeah, there's a bit of action in that sort of middle market uh, area, um, but not surprisingly, uh, too illicit. Uh, after her win last time out, uh, plus her record over the two thousand metres and her record at Ellerslie, uh, very hard to look past her. But yep, since Leaf has been on, we've taken a few dollars on Aegon. I can tell you that. Yeah. Perfect. That's the Kempi effect, mate. That is the Kempi effect. And it looks like Harlick's a bit friendless in the market, which is interesting. I think it's that sticky gate. But Michael McNabb in another planet at the moment. All right, Paul. Well, Merry Christmas, mate. Hey, just from me, you've been an absolute superstar throughout the year, jumping on with Baz and Izzy and, and all the other shows, but especially what you've done for us in breakfast. We, we've uh, enjoyed every moment of it. You're full of humour, and we've enjoyed the battle, the punty, punters versus the bookies. Always good spirits. So we'll catch you um, next year. I'm sure you'll be on before then. But have a good Christmas with your family and enjoy it, eh? Oh, it's been a great uh, ride. Thanks, uh, Louis, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all the listeners out there as well and to you boys as well and your families. Um, I'm looking forward to the new year. Let's get stuck in.
bang on. Good man. Paulie Mawati, the party, tab.co.nz. is where you get all your markets, sports and play, promotions, a lot of it. Go over, check out. Get, do yourself a favour. Give yourself a Christmas present because you deserve it. Top up your TAB account, betting responsibly. Maybe just follow Kempion on that multi he chucked out. Go back through the podcast, have a listen. There's some good mail here today on SCNZ Summer Breakfast. Back with Stephen McIver to find out what he's got after 10 o'clock.